my restless dreams, I see that town, Seattle. You promised me you'd take me there again someday, but you never did. Well, I'm alone there now, in our special place, waiting for you, waiting for you to come to see me. <clears throat> um, what are you uh, reading there, buddy? Oh, just this letter that I've been working on. And who's it for? It's for a friend. AC, I heard the whole thing. Is everything okay? Yeah, I think I'm just kind of feeling some seasonal blues, you know? I mean, the weather's starting to shift pretty hard in St. Louis, and it's kind of cold, and yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. I totally get it. Come here. Look, you you need a hug. I'm great at those. Bring it in. Thanks, Sam. Wait, what's that pillow for? Oh, this? Nothing. Just shush, shush, sleep, 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 <laughs> Thanks for making me play this scary fucking game. Yeah, me too. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to episode number 80 of Metal Gear Mondays, the Games Club Jesus. podcast. Yeah, right? The Games Club podcast where we cover all things Metal Gear and sometimes things vaguely Metal Gear, uh, from top to bottom, <laughs> left to right, inside and out, in pseudo-historical recreational order. This week, I have some lovely boys with me, but as always, I'm your host, Lucy Summerfield, and I am joined by... Sam Wright, and we got two weeks till Halloween, and, and I'm going to be sponsored by a different candy every week. This week, it's... Rizzy Pieces! <laughs> Fuck with me! I love the Foley. Good dude, soundboard Sam Wright. Mm-hmm. Get dunked on. The podcast isn't sponsored by Reese's Pieces. I am. Oh, very nice. Do we have to, was it, does that mean we have to pay royalties to Reese's in order to have you on the show? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna have to go take a second mortgage out. Uh, who else am I joined by? (laughs) This is Isaac. What is that creepy voice? (laughs) And I come to say, Reese's Pieces sucks. (laughs) 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 I was gonna do like a funny response, but I, um, I committed too hard to the bit, and now I have to finish eating these Reese's Pieces. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. I can dive into the news while you're chewing, Sam, if that works. Okay. Uh, play, the, play the stinger. Yeah, all right. Sting in the, the, sting in the music. Sting uh, the stinger. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for new, new, new news. Metal Gear News! Yeah! Uh, yeah, so this week in Metal Gear News, uh, the date as of recording is 10-16, we're in the middle of October, 10-16-2018, um, kind of light, light week for Metal Gear News, um, apologies, the Uzumaki episode is being recorded right after this, so we probably won't have very much news on that one either, but, um, we previously did not report this fun tidbit about Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima is now direct quote holding the controller all day while working on death stranding wow does that mean it's functionally play functionally playable correct pretty exciting um outside of that new even even he's confused by his video game (laughs) 
Um, I wish that with the uh, with the quote that they just released a picture and it's like uh, Kojima playing like the Donkey Congo bongos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, wait a minute, what what's happening? What are like so if it, if you have to play Death Stranding with the Donkey Kong bongos, then like what are what are challenge streamers who played hard games with? They're just with, gonna, they're going to use controllers. Oh, fuck. they're like, oh man, challenge stream actual controller. Yeah, it wasn't designed for controllers. It was designed for bongos. God damn it. Yeah. Well, based on the PT episode from last week, I'm sure you'll have to yell something into a microphone to do something <laughs> weird at some point. <laughs> but anyway, um, Gecko, some company that does action figures. Is releasing a new Venom Snake statue. It looks pretty cool. It comes with a bunch of replaceable bionic arms. That's how slow of a news week we've got going on right now. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing, and I am very sorry that we're reporting this late, but Police Knots, uh, the soundtrack just got a limited release as a double LP vinyl disc. They're picture discs, uh, kind of. Um, they're like stained looking with like a cool color. They look beautiful. Um, however, it came out September the 8th in the UK, or at least pre-orders did. So I don't know if you can still get those, but I figured I'd let you know anyway. Cool. So there's that. So you can get the cool little... You can get that on vinyl if you want. Um, <laughs> and I would absolutely do that if I had the money. Um, they're expensive. Yeah. Did you see him, Isaac? You got to pull it up? Yeah. I just haven't gotten anything from them because they're so expensive. Oh, Data Discs? Yeah. So the yeah, so the provider is Data Discs. I'd actually never heard of them before. Yeah, they do a lot of cool retro uh, game soundtracks on vinyl. Oh, that's awesome. They Why did uh, um, 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 uh, Streets of Rage and um, 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 what's the other one? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. So, real quick, I don't know if we've ever established to the podcast listeners that Isaac is a hardcore vinyl head, um, and I am aspiring to be on his level. Well, yeah. I will say, I got I got the love from Alessio G-Man over there. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, you get, back in you get the 2007. Oh, back when I uh, wait. Are you talking about whenever I came back from Europe with uh, like Portishead and my of Montreal record and everything? Something like that. Ooh. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this, I've got a very, I've got a very small vinyl collection. I'm, I'm working on just, it. Um, listen, if anybody, okay, if anybody wants to get me a gift, get me socks or vinyls. I feel like we need to set up like a PO box for Metal Gear Monday so that nobody knows our actual addresses but they can send us things. <laughs> I actually do need to set up a contact email so I just really quickly everybody who's been playing ball with my personal Gmail who sends me an email and says, "I don't know if this is the right place, but I wanted to write you about a Metal Gear." It is the right place. <laughs> I wanted to write you about a Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah. It it is it is I'd the like, right place, but I like I need one to start and Metal Gear, please. Yeah, I need to start an actual Metal Gear contact email. So that will come. So quick update on that. That will come as will a website where it's not just the podcast, but like pictures and links and blah 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 and blog posts per episode. The thing is, um, we're like twenty bucks actually, away Zelda's from hitting our goal. Boy. I'm sorry, Zelda is a boy. <laughs> But yeah, so we're 20 bucks away. So help us on Patreon so we can get a website and a contact email and a P.O. box. Um, if that's your thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah dude, P.O. fuck it. costs yes. money. Send, a, send us stuff. I will, I will set up a P.O. box if you guys want to send us How stuff. How much are, are they? I don't, I don't know. We, we, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, check it, we'll check it out <laughs> at some point. 
I'm doing me, it right I, I gotta, now. I got to wrangle this in real quick. I'm going to wrangle uh, these <laughs> gifts. So in vinyl news, I got a birthday gift from a friend today. I got a, a Cold Cave uh, oh, cool. uh, LP that was a collection of all their 7 inches repressed onto 12 inch. It was pretty good. Huh. Oh, very cool. Um, you know but yeah, that? also we didn't fucking talk about it. I had a birthday since like two episodes ago. <laughs> so I'm an old man now. Old snake. <laughs> Can I get an old Alessio, Sam, for the merch store? Maybe. Well, you have. Well, first of all, you yeah. haven't expressed the character yet, so we need. And yeah, you need to come it. up with a natural. And well, no, no it yeah. needs to be natural. You can't just. You can't just force old greatness. You can't force <laughs> greatness. Force old. Um. Okay. You can't force old. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> so, t- uh, one more quick. I guess two more quick things. I need. I need you all's help on this. Um, yes, so sir. we've got two. <laughs> 150 word patron messages that I want to read on the show. Um, one of them I will read because I feel that we mentioned him by name, but it dawned on me that we never read this. So this is my personal atonement. I'm going to read Joshua Wiley's. Okay. Uh, but after that, I want one of you boys to help me out with our new friend who said, so submitted I w- one. I want to do the new friend because I don't trust Isaac to read. It. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I trust Isaac to read. <laughs> Um, okay, so let me let me dive into this. So Joshua no, Wiley I'm says, "I'm doing it." Whoa! Oh dang! No, right. no, I'm the fucking king. <laughs> um, so Joshua Wiley says, "You're damn right. Otacon stays nasty. I'm happy I can contribute to the show. You've all earned it. Thank you for everything. Love the show, Joshua." This was meant to be my 150-word message. I wasn't sure where to, where to send it, so I just sent it here. LOL. Hope that was correct. P.S. You don't have to read that last part or this part. Cheers, Joshua. I and read you, it Josh, anyway. You knew we were going to read it. Well, we had to read it because, like, you knew, like, in your to. it was this hundred fifty word message. In your heart, you said you, we didn't have to read it, but you knew we were going to read you it. You knew. Cheers the whole fucking time, just like Kojima telling us to turn <laughs> off the PS2. You knew we were going to finish. Oh, actually, real, real, real quick, real quick, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, we do have another news item. I totally forgot about this. Um, let's roll back the time. Yeah, let's roll. Let's go back in time. I can't remember what the list was. Jesus Christ. Um, I can't remember what the list was. Let me look it up on Twitter. Um, so Kojima Productions, interestingly enough, which, like, dude, I swear to God, their Twitter handle sounds so fake. The Twitter handle is at KojiPro2015EN. Like, that shit sounds so fake. Yeah. Anyway, Kojima Productions threw out that um, they... Um, maybe this isn't them. I think it is them. I thought it was. Them. Maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> regardless of whether account. or not it's official or not, uh, Games Radar put up the 25 greatest PS2 games, and the number one greatest PlayStation 2 game, as voted by Games Radar, was Metal Gear Solid 3. Wow. That happened. That happened two days ago. Hmm. Very cool. Awesome. So, yep. Oh, this Great. is official Kojima Productions Twitter account. So I'll believe it. Dope. Anyway, but yeah, so Sam, help me out with uh, this, new, this, this well, new one. Well, I don't fucking know, Alessio. Isaac, do you want to be big, bad, nah, nah, boss nah. man? Sam, be my guest. <laughs> okay, thank you, Lumiere. You are good. This is a Patreon message from our new friend, Jamie Dockrill. I don't think he's a new friend. No, uh, yeah. Jamie's, Jamie's been around. Oh, yeah. Jamie's, no, been around, Jamie's but, a friend, but he's a new friend to the 150 word message club, as you will uh, go on yes, to read. Yes, if we're, we're we're here for friends, new, old, new, and new, new. Oh yeah. Anyway, 
Jamie Dockrell, Jamie says, I've heard you guys getting on our case about our 150 words, so I thought I would get my shit together and I would just give you my hopefully less generic MGS story. I was eight when MGS1 came out, and it was on the demo disc that came with our family PS1 that got me obsessed with everything MGS. Yay, everybody. Yay! Demo discs, pizza time. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's the Pizza Hut oh, one. No, I think, I think it's, it's just it's another. The, it's a normal one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oops. Um, Jamie continues. As I'm one of six children in my family, my parents would never buy us new games, so my pocket money was forever spent on renting it out because I could never go many weekends without MGS to save my money. <laughs> wow. Anyway, one night when our family was out, I had I had a. Oh, wow. uh, rented and it says hired, but I'm gonna. I'm no, gonna change that you to hire Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> and I had hired MGS. We actually got robbed of a few things around the oh, house. What? Whoa, Holy crap. bad, 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 bad. When we got back and realized what had happened, I was exceptionally quick on my feet and told my parents MGS got stolen too, which obviously. Oh it did. my god! <laughs> Pro move, Jamie. Pro fucking move. You're the Koji now Pro my- now, Jamie. You're the Koji Pro now. I now have my own copy, thanks to what is probably still my best idea ever. I don't even feel bad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is <laughs> this this last line here is an excellent line in a uh, a letter full of excellent lines. Thanks, guys. You kick ass. Shout out to Bilbo Boy. Oh yeah, Bilbo Boy is a game facts guy, right? We don't know. Is he? I thought he was a Game Facts guy that we read one day. Yeah, that, yeah so yeah, Bilbo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when we were playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Two, Bilbo Boy That's wrote right. the, the guy that we were kind of. I believe using. that Bilbo Bilbo Boy also comes out uh, comes up on the podcast Abject Suffering from time to time. So Bilbo Bilbo Boy is making quite a name for himself. He is. He's a very a very prolific game facker. Oh yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah, that's all the admin stuff. Obviously, yeah, thanks, Jamie. Yeah. Um, as and you, and and Josh. As you get, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys very, very much. Um, and anybody else who has 150 word messages, please submit those. Um, the best place to submit those, just FYI, is going to be through the Patreon messenger. That way, I know that that is a Patreon message. Um, I don't, I don't want it to get lost and mixed in with the listener responses. So, um, speaking of that, if you have listener responses for the spooky month, you're too late. So. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to say that uh, we have collected a bunch. Um, We have yet to record the listener response episode, however. So if you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to Uzumaki and that is the latest episode, you are definitely too late. But if you're listening to this episode on the main feed, um, you still might have a little bit of time. So hurry on over and send an email to acsummerfield at gmail.com or you can Facebook message or Twitter DM Metal Gear Mondays, um, and it might make the cut, maybe, hopefully. So, anyway, but if you're listening to Uzumaki on the general feed, it is definitely too late. So, anyway. Um, Spoilers, the next episode's Uzumaki, who knew? Yeah, right? I think I said it on another episode, it's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the other quick update I wanted to give is we are going to be shuffling a little bit, so after Uzumaki, episode 82 will be listener responses. We are going to do Castlevania Lords of Shadow as two episodes, 82 and 83, no, 83 and 84, before getting into movies, because we want to put a bow on Spooky Month. Castlevania is spooky, but not quite spooky enough, and so we're going to use that as a transition game to get us back into movie territory, because it's very and- cinematic. And also, we have to play it because I spent money on it specifically for this. Oh, for sure. Podcast. Well, and also, a lot of people have actually written in to tell us how much they like it. 
So I it's think, pretty good. It's long and it's kind of difficult, but I like it. Yeah, so it'll be good. We'll still cover it, but I just wanted to let you guys know we're going to do a two-parter um, to give your boys some reprieve and some rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been playing a lot of fucking games. Um, and if you are a, patri- a patron who supports us at the $2 level or higher, you will be getting two extra ops, maybe, probably at least, or definitely at least one, but two extra ops possibly with our new special correspondent who we will announce on those episodes. Episodes. Um, if you are on the main feed, you will get those episodes after the movie season. Um, so just heads up. So you, if you're a $2 plus supporter on Patreon, um, before the end of this week, the week of the 15th, uh, you will be receiving a bunch of early episodes. So we finally fucking corrected our recording backlog. So huzzah! Anyway, on to the main topic at hand. Ladies, gentlemen, I proudly announce we are covering <laughs> Silent Hill 2. Dos. Restless music. Dreams. Hey, just for you guys, it's not Restless Dreams for me, okay? We'll, oh talk, we'll talk about that. <laughs> oh. Um, so let's talk about Silent Hill 2 real quick before we get started. Let's talk about all the different versions because we all played different versions. Yeah. So I played my original PS2 copy of Silent Hill 2 Vanilla. It's just called Silent Hill 2. It came out September, it came out September 24th, 2001. So 20, no, excuse me, 13 days after September the 11th. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah, so I, I bought a PS2 copy. So I actually I bought original copies of Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, maybe four years ago because I got a wild hair up my ass to actually play all of them. Um, for the longest time, I had started them uh, at various times in my life and had never completed a single Silent Hill game. So I bought original copies off of eBay for relatively decent amounts. Um, I think the most expensive one is actually one. I got like a hard black copy, like not the greatest hits, but like the original black label. I got Silent Hill oh, 1 wow. like in mint condition for like $35, I think. Oh, uh, not bad. But I got 2, 3, and 4 each for like 15 bucks a piece. Um, notably, my 2 came with like custom artwork on the box, which I'll post to Facebook. Um, it like I guess it's fan art, but it's super sick. It's James and like the two pyramid heads. It's really cool looking. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, so Silent Hill Two originally released on the PS2, um, and it came out in the US first, and then it came out in Japan three days later, and then it came out in uh, European Union, uh, excuse me, uh, European regions because it wasn't the EU at the time. Um, November twenty third, two thousand one. So that's the version that I played, and I played New Game Plus, so I can tell you guys about some of the differences that I that I encountered. Um, yeah, there's lots of like weird pickups that you get. Yeah, very weird different things. Uh, it's not hyper different, but it's different enough. Um, mm. Isaac, you played. I have no Silent idea which 2. version I played. You played Silent Hill Two: Restless Dreams for the uh, Windows for PC. Okay. Um, and so December of two thousand one, it came out for Xbox. Um, the version uh, it came out December two thousand one for Xbox and two thousand two for Windows. Um, Silent Hill Two: Restless Dreams notably contains the extra scenario. Uh, birth, birth by what is it? It's like excuse birth me, birth by sleep. 
No, it's uh, <laughs> born, born from, from born from a wish. wish. My bad. Born from a wish. <laughs> Birth by sleep. That's a that's a legitimate Kingdom Hearts title. <laughs> yes, it is. Yep. Um, but Isaac played that version. There is actually an enhanced copy of Silent Hill Two floating around the dark web, which I will not link to you if you ask me. Um, that is a PC port that somebody upscaled that looks wonderful. It looks um, good. And Although, it only, it, like, I don't even think you have to install it. I think it just runs from the execute. You have to make a, a couple oh. config changes because I was having a lot of audio issues, and the oh, issue tell, was. Tell us about it. It was trying to use all of your cores, and you had to um, dial it back and only use a single core, CPU core, which is what really happened, weird. What happened if you didn't dial it back? Um, I was just getting, it was just uh, a lot of audio looping. Like, the audio would start looping, and then it would not stop. Oh. And that's it, Pyramid Head would come out yes. of the computer and yep. stab you with a giant knife. <laughs> I got yeah, a the, lot of bruises. <laughs> um, but Sam, you played Silent Hill 2 Remastered, which yes. came out in 2012 for the PS3 and the Xbox mm-hmm. 360. Tell us about that. Um, so uh, what they, they did, they redid the voices um, for Remastered. Um, our friend Troy Baker is in it as uh, Mr. James Sunderland. Um, I, I, so, so it gives you the option at the beginning of the game every time, and it does this every time you like continue your game to choose either the new voices or the old voices. Um, I spent pretty much the whole game on the old voices because they're kind of like, they're kind of bad, but like in a charming way. Um, the new voices are bad in like a, a teen drama kind of way. Are they really bad? Well, we can, we, so we can, we can talk about the voice work once we get into the, the main game as far as the bad, quote unquote bad original voices. But tell us, sure. tell us about the new voices. Um, the new voices are very, <laughs> it's not, okay. I wouldn't say bad. Like they're well acted is the thing. They're kind of melodramatic from what yeah, I, from it's what very I like, it's kind of like I'm watching a CW show. Which is unfortunate, but so James, (laughs) notably, James is voiced by Troy Baker, so Mm -hmm. so there's kind of a Metal Gear connection, and then um, Maria is voiced by, um, what's her name? Oh man, Maria slash Mary, they're both voiced by the woman who sings the Snake Eater theme. What's her name? Oh, Donna Burke. Donna Burke, yep. So notably, we've got- Is it Donna Burke? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, Let me look it up real quick. Uh, Don't at me. Hold on. Yeah, please please don't come after me. Yeah, Donna Burke voices um no. uh whoa Mary Maria. Mary. I think so. <laughs> Hold on. Now I can't tell. Mother Mary full of grace. Um I do know that so Donna Burke voices Claudia in Silent Hill 3. Oh, she voiced Angela. Excuse me. She voiced Angela oh. in Silent Hill 2. Um but yeah, so there's the Metal Gear connection or at least one of them. Uh the second Metal Gear connection is that it was being developed at Konami um, at the exact same time as MGS2. Um, And then the third Metal Gear connection is that the character design and the art is by Masahiro Ito, who also Mm. did the creature design for Metal Gear Survive. So there's a little bit of a crossover. Um, I did not, since we recorded the PT episode, towards the end, if you'll remember, I noticed that there were a bunch of credits at the end of PT. Um, I did not have a chance yet to cross-reference those credits with the Team Silent credits, so I'm not sure if PT slash Silent Hills was supposed to have anybody from the Team Silent. So, But yeah, so melodramatic voices. I know it got knocked around a lot in the press for those voices. Um, it seems like a lot of critics thought they were 
not not great, like not really additive. A lot of people seem to think they were kind of subtractive from the mm-hmm. from the. One one thing that I will say that they um before before I continue on, I just looked it up. Laura Donna Burke, it was Laura Bailey who did Angela's voice. Oh, yeah, that, that's weird. I literally just yeah. did a fan wiki and it said Angela for Donna Burke. Did she not? Oh no, I'm on a uh, IMDb. Oh, so what did Donna Burke do? Donna Burke was not a voice in this. Apparently, according to IMDb. Oh, that's very weird. Yeah. And Mary and Maria was voiced by um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. That's so weird. Oh, Donna Burke was the original, original. voice of Angela. Oh, oh gotcha. okay. There sense. we go. We did it. <laughs> yeah, so Donna Burke voiced and did motion capture for Angela in Silent Hill 2 and Claudia in Silent Hill 3. Oh, oh both of them were the original versions of those games. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. So, notably as well, there was a lot of legal kerfuffle around the Silent Hill 2 remaster because of uh, the guy who voices James um, in Silent Hill 2, whose name is, I think it's Guy. It's Guy C. Yeah, Guy C. Guy C. Or C. Or I think it's C. Yeah. yeah, so there was a there are a lot of weird legal back and forth, and I know Donna Burke actually has some videos where she talks about it. Effectively, um, none of this has really been confirmed, I don't think, but Guy C. He uh, alleged that Konami fucked over the original voice actors really bad with their contracts. Um, and so none of the voice actors got any money whatsoever from any of the re-releases of the games. They essentially oh. got paid um, like a lump sum for Silent Hill 2, which oh. was like not a great amount of money. Um, is that why you were confu- that's why you were confused when I told you that the old voice actors were in for sure HD so for the, so before the HD collection came out there was a huge battle going on where guy was actually suing Konami um because not only did the and here's the deal not only did the original voice actors do the vo- vocal work but the director of Silent Hill 2 wanted to record the voices while they also did the motion capture So notably, all of the voice acting is recorded during mocap sequences to treat it like a film. Um, And so Guy was pissed because he was like, not only did we do motion capture, we also did vocal capture, and you guys are not paying us properly. And so there was a lot of back and forth with legal, and the rumor was that Silent Hill 2 would only have the remastered voices on the remastered collection. So I I don't know if they came to a settlement, and that's why they're on there now. I don't know if they were patched in later or what. Um, Hmm. Notably as well, Silent Hill 2, I believe, did not have this issue, but on the remaster, Silent Hill 3 has a fuck ton of bugs. Because, allegedly, the source code for the game was lost. And so the people who did the remasters actually had to pull the code off of the original game discs and, like, rebuild the games from scratch. Um, And so that's a big reason. Yeah, I didn't run into any, any, like, issues, like, bug-wise for 2. Yeah, I know that there were a couple substantial patches that came out after release, but I know Silent Hill 3, at least, there are weird situations where, like, the audio for weird things like some of the monsters will accidentally replace the footstep sounds and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And so, like, essentially it it has, like, fucking Bethesda game-breaking bugs in Silent Hill 3. (laughs) But anyway, so that's that's all um, about that. I think this is the first time in the history yeah. of this show that we've all played on different platforms. Yeah, which is pretty it's pretty cool. cool. Um, one thing I will say that they did do with the HD collection as well, the remaster version, is that 
they um, they did new control schemes. They have an option, I think it's called like 2D controls or something like that, um, that lets you control, um, move in the direction of the analog stick instead of having to like, instead of you having the turning radius of a pregnant walrus. <laughs> yeah, so if, if you've played, how, uh, like, yeah, if you've played the, the Resi remake, the HD mm-hmm. Resi remake, those those new controls are the essentially similar to what Sam's describing. Yeah. Yeah, which so I it, le- it actually lets you go in the direction that you point the analog stick instead of having to turn and then move. Which I think, um, I don't know if it makes it like less tense. I don't. I didn't feel like it. Yeah, I think the, the <laughs> one the one issue, and I don't think it's as prevalent with Silent Hill Two because Silent Hill Two does have some fixed camera, but for the most part, the camera is kind of manipulatable. Um, mm. I know for Resi, it's a major pain in the ass because the camera will change. Um, and that and mm-hmm. that'll affect your controls, but I think with Silent Hill 2, it's a little less noticeable because uh, the camera is a little bit more fluid. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I played with the original tank controls. I actually played on a Logitech wireless controller on my OG Ooh. Gen One PS2. <laughs> you were really going yeah. back in the back. Oh yeah, Man. oh yeah, that's good. But yeah, so this game was developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo. Um, specifically, the group would later become known as Team Silent with Silent Hill 3 and Silent Hill 4. Um, you guys know these guys. Um, essentially, we've got, um, uh, what's his name? Akira Yamaoka doing the music and mm-hmm. the sound design, which uh, I would say Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3, and even 4, have fucking masterclass level sound design. Um, and uh, this game was directed by Masashi uh, Tsuboyama, um, and it was produced by Akihiro Imamura, um, and it was written by Hiroyuki Owaku. Um, just kind of mainstays for Silent Hill. So the, the team that did Silent Hill 1, Silent Hill 2, and Silent Hill 3, they all kind of changed seats, but for the most part it was the same core group. Um, this team would later disband except for Akira Yamaoka, who I believe Akira Yamaoka ended up being becoming the director of Silent Hill 4. Um, I believe a lot of the pre-production and the pre-planning was done by Team Silent, but by the time that they actually got the game into production, most of the team had left Konami or been shuffled off to other projects. Um, Hmm. And Silent Hill 4 kind of is the beginning of the end of Silent Hill. Um, But I still think, I truly believe that there are things that Silent Hill 4 does really, really well that that are cool. Um, But Silent Hill 4 also does a bunch of shit that makes it hard to recommend. Um, But yeah, Silent Hill 2 is kind of the pinnacle of the series. For most people, I think mechanically, Silent Hill 3 is the better game. I think thematically, narratively, Silent Hill 2 is the much better story, in my opinion. Um, this game kind of stands alone. Silent Hill 3 is a direct sequel to Silent Hill 1. Um, Silent Hill 2 is kind of a, a guide in. It's kind of on its own as it's like its own self-contained mm-hmm. story. Um, but there are some references to Silent Hill 1 throughout. Is that what fucking guide in means? Yeah, so guide in uh, literally translates to side story. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay. Yep. Um, Silent Hill 4 is kind of, and we'll talk about it, Silent Hill 4 is kind of a sequel to Silent Hill 2. Um, but I do not believe it's, it started out as like room 302 or something. It started out as like a non silent hill title. Um, and then it, I think I remember that getting yeah. slapped with a silent hill title before release. Hey, this is Alessia just hopping in real quick to say that, uh, unfortunately I am extremely incorrect here and, and should probably, uh, consider changing the way that I speak with such a tone of authoritarian understanding. Um, unfortunately, uh, Akira Yamaoka was not the director on Silent Hill 4. That was Seguro 
um, Murakoshi, I apologize, Akira Yamoka was the producer on the game. Uh, likewise, the game, I'm totally facepalming at myself right now, likewise the game was originally and always from the beginning planned to be Silent Hill oriented. Um, the project name while it was in development was Room 302, I believe. Excuse me. Let me verify. Yep, 302. Um, and so that was just the working title. So apologies there. And yeah, uh, again, I, moving forward, have learned my lesson and will watch what I say. Thank you, guys. Continue enjoying the episode. Uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. I, sorry. Bye. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the development history. Um, I will say if you guys get a chance, you should absolutely YouTube the making of Silent Hill 2 because there's like a 30-minute documentary that was produced by Konami interviewing the developers. Um, and it shows you like what the fuck they do. Like it literally, there's like game, there's a video capture of like Akira Yamoka creating the sound design. Um, essentially he created like banks and banks and banks of sound effects. I think he did everything, didn't he? Yeah, and the game like organically picks sound effects to match the scene. Um, So effectively he just made a fuck ton of sounds and then the game programs which sounds you hear when. Um, And you get to see everything. Like you get to see inside the studio, you get to see their computers, you get interviews with the motion capture team, you see some of the uh, scenes acted out. It's really great. Um, I think it shipped with one of the special editions of Restless Dreams originally, but somebody ripped it and put it, the whole thing on YouTube. <laughs> but um, Because, of course, they did. Yeah. Before we get into the main game proper, I do want to make mention of those original voices that, that we just talked about. Um, I truly believe that the original voices are fantastic because of one specific thing, which is... Most of the actors that were cast for this game before this game did not have acting careers. Yeah, they were all just like normal fucking people. Yeah, and the director intentionally picked them to play the characters that they most sort of associated with in real life. And so like Guy C, he looks kind of similar to James. Um, and like these people just kind of talk this way. And so this uh, was sort of unprecedented in video games at the time. Like it's just mm. very treated like a film where every single decision that was made with casting and acting is like all for the main goal of the story, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the original acting. Like, like I said, it's a little, it can be a little stilted mm-hmm. um, at times. And I think it, I think that is attributed to the fact that they don't have any, like they never had any like official acting experience. Um, but I think it's good. And I think it's very, char- I think it's very charming. Like I was not, turned off by the voice acting at all yeah i will say primarily um and this is to donna burke's credit i suppose um angela i think has the most effective voice acting next to mary Mm -hmm. in my opinion Mm -hmm. um because angela much as we've kind of discussed with the mention of the pause sexual assault cassette tapes um angela is a very nuanced character who very clearly is dealing with some sort of sexual assault past mm-hmm. um and she does such a fucking good job of playing the manic kind of terror that that person mm-hmm. is kind of mired in um but we'll we'll talk about them as we get to each of these characters but i think all of these characters do a really really good job um from a design standpoint and an acting standpoint just delivering the pain that the characters are going through except for maybe eddie who's dressed like a fucking clown boy <laughs> 
Um, I think uh, Eddie, Watch Out for Fireballs had an episode on Silent Hill 2 fucking five years ago or something. It's like episode 13, um, mm-hmm. where if you want to go back and listen to it, you definitely should. But Gary Butterfield describes Eddie as a 12-year-old boy who grew with his clothes still on. <laughs> and I think that's the best way to describe him. So the way Eddie... Eddie I, we, we can, we'll dive into this a little bit more as we explore the game, but Eddie gets like more and more like his personality turns into more of a 12 year old as the game goes on it feels like to me yeah and i think it was definitely done intentionally yeah absolutely um but yeah this game's excellent i would love to play this with the original japanese voice work to see if it still feels hokey Mm. um but it's it's great this is a well-written game i would say i find that if i if i play or watch things in japanese that i can't tell if it comes across as hokey because i just don't know yeah for sure so i that's why i prefer (laughs) that's why i prefer subs (laughs) yeah so um so do you guys want to dive into kind of our experience with silent hill prior to diving into the game or do you guys want to save that until the end of the game Uh, it's your world squirrel let's do it so we'll talk about it real quick um so my experience with silent hill 2 is uh i was working at a GameStop uh in 2006 maybe 2007 um and we still had a bunch of ps2 games even though the ps3 i believe had already come out um or was in the process of coming out um i can't recall but anyway um we would get copies of this game and a bunch of their games constantly and i remember i would dabble every once in a while i'd be like well i really enjoyed like i played a fuck ton of Silent Hill The Room because of um, because of a demo disc actually like an official PlayStation magazine that was, that's four right yeah yeah it's the fourth one I played a bunch of it um, and I had played kind of the beginning of Silent Hill 2 at a friend's house forever ago but I remember when I finally decided to play a lot of it was when I worked at GameStop and I got a copy and I, I used to be able to rent games if you worked at GameStop um, you could like check them out for like a couple weeks or whatever, or a couple days. And so Silent Hill 2 is a game that I desperately tried to finish, but it was kind of the first horror game that I earnestly tried to play. And the issue was that like, I think I timed it to where I started playing it around the time that I got sick. Like I was legitimately getting ill with like the flu. And so for the longest time, I just associated being sick with playing this game and around the time that you get to the apartment and you see sort of the big scene with Pyramid Head, um, mm-hmm. I legitimately got so sick that I threw up. And I was like half asleep having fever dreams about this game and being really sick to my stomach. And so for the longest time, I had like an aversion to playing this game because it just like I remembered how drained I got. Um, And so it took me a really long time to finally get around to this. And then, like I had mentioned about four or five years ago, when I ordered copies of the game, I finally sat down and just beat the whole fucking thing in like seven hours. Um, And I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I did. But that's kind of my my Silent Hill story. Um, I played the first one to completion before I played this one. Um, The first game and the third game are far more like visually grotesque. Um, I think this game still has some grotesque elements, but again, they're more conceptual. It's less torture porn and more like sexual innuendo mm. Um, mm. because we'll talk about how sexually frustrated James is as a character. <laughs> um, but dude, this game is literally just like sexual frustration. The game. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of like every enemy in this game is like phallic or like moist and ladylike. 
Um, everything is just like really wet and gross and kind of sexy, but like kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. And James clearly like is going through some shit that like his sick wife meant that he couldn't be sexually engaging with his wife. And so there's a lot of like tension and regret and like revenge and just. I don't know. Um, one of the I think one of the quotes from the director of this game, which I think is really great, and same with Masahiro Ito. He talks about this with Silent Hill Three. He said that sex and death are so closely tied together that, like in reality, like like sex and death are so uh, inexplicably woven together within humanity that like they wanted to make sure that every creature and every situation embodied both. Um, and so this is yeah. a very adult game, not adult like fucking BMX triple X, but adult <laughs> as in like talking about like, I think, big ideas. I think he said something like, um, sex and death are always on our, our minds and are always or, like our playing our biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he brought to the table when, when they thought about like, um, what kind of psychological emotions are we going to try to play, uh, uh, put on our players, and I guess the director was like, "Sex and death." <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of like James reaching into weird holes. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. James like jumping into giant holes, and just like a lot of like really sexual shit. Like even Pyramid Head yeah. Sword is like very sexual. The pyramid itself is kind of very phallic. Um, there's just a lot of sex. Yeah, and death. But yeah, how did you guys get into this game? Was it was it honestly, me? Was it me forcing you to play? It was. <laughs> it was honest. Uh, like the the skit. The, the skit, the was skit real. is almost is almost accurate, except we clearly did not murder you with a pillow. Um, uh, yeah, it you? was honestly. I um, like I said. I think I said this on a, a past episode, but I um, this is the first time I've ever played a Silent Hill game. Um, uh, was this for the podcast? Uh, and I know, you know, I know about Pyramid Head based on, like, you know, because you do. Yeah, he's it's, unfortunately he's a, kind of become, like, the mascot for the series, which, like, yeah. if you listen to Masahiro Ito or the director talk about it, they definitely only ever wanted him to be in this game. Yeah. Like, he's only tied to James. Yeah. Um, and so it's really kind of frustrating as a fan of this game to see Pyramid Head kind of become the de facto mascot for Silent Hill. Because, like, yeah. he absolutely should not be in any... And he wasn't in 3, he wasn't in 4. It's only when these fucking Western game companies that didn't understand the sensibilities of this game got involved. And then they're like, fucking slap Pyramid Head on everything. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So, so because of that, that's how come I know about Pyramid Head. I also know about the uh, the joke endings for the game. Um, I'm so but excited I literally, to talk about the dog ending, you guys. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, but uh, that's literally it. Like, I knew nothing about the story beats. Um, I I knew the I knew the main guy's name was uh, James, but that's literally all I knew. So oh, it, it's. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the twist then, because that twist is fucking heavy. Yeah. Like yeah, heavy, yes. heavy, heavy, heavy. So thankfully, you know, despite the fact it's it's very rare um, this day and age to come into something that's been around for a long time that was even a little bit popular and not be spoiled for, you know, what it is. But thankfully, I uh, I was able to come into this blind and, and really enjoy my experience with it. Dude, I'm super happy to hear that because I'm always afraid with these kind of games that people will be so dissuaded by horror 
that they won't mm. give it a shot. But I think well, I think this game's a perfect length for it though, because I think it's really hard to have a good mm-hmm. horror game go on for too long. Because like you don't want people yeah, to stay right. scared for like fucking fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the reason why I never like played any of them is because my 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 forte is not horror. Like I I don't watch scary movies usually. I don't play. There's a lot of like like horror games um, that I just haven't played. Like I'd say exclusively like Resident Evil as the series that I I can I can really talk most about because you know I played that with friends or with cousins or with people growing up. But uh, Silent Hill. I mean I don't do horror games. I just recently forced myself to start playing Fatal Frame Two because I have it downloaded on my PlayStation Three. I didn't I I didn't. That's the end of that sentence. I just (laughs) (laughs) so. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a big baby. Um, this game spooked me quite a bit. Um, but I it it was very spooky. It was very creepy. Very atmospheric. But I was surprised by how like um, I wouldn't say easy it was to play, but how like I felt myself being able to push onwards because I was so like gripped by the story. Yeah, there's something interesting that happens, which is like, and I think I've told Isaac this before, kind of off off mic. Um, I legitimately could not complete a horror game until I played um, Outlast. Mm. And then for whatever reason, about midway through Outlast, something clicked in my brain where I was like, yes, this is scary. Yes, this is cool. Yes, you should respect the art that went into making this. But in my head, I was like, I should just think about this like it's any other game. Like, yes, there's creepy naked people chasing me, but like if I thought of them as just like Goombas and I was Mario, like, this wouldn't be scary at all. And so I kind of, like, broke... I, I broke. respectfully disagree. Yeah, it's... Well, it's kind of... that, that I, I, I can appreciate that line of thought and that thinking, and I think that it probably works for you, and that's fine, but it's kind of like the advice that's, like, when you're about to go on a stage and you say, picture them all naked. Well, that's not going to fucking help yeah. if you're afraid of fucking speaking to exactly, people. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, needless to say, it's still spooky and it's still there are still moments where I get really scared. But I think playing things like Fear, where it's kind of primarily a shooter, but it's also mm. spooky. Like, I played enough games that were spooky adjacent that by the time I finally, like, completed Outlast uh, several years ago, I was like, fuck it, man. Like, there are some really good horror games that I need to play. Um, and so games like Dead Space kind of I was gonna opened, say, yeah. opened me to being able to play more horror games. Um, and I'm really glad that they did because there are some fucking awesome stories to be told in these games. Mm-hmm. I think the way to get me to play horror is to make it horror adjacent. So it's like a, it's primarily a thing first and then it's the horror. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to say I'm but... desensitized, but I will say that like... Even if I, because I played Silent Hill, I played this game with Kristen asleep and headphones on in the dark, mostly. Why? Um, and I was pretty good with it. Like, there were a couple moments, and I'll call them out when they happen, where I was like, I'm done. I got to turn this off for the night. Um, but I did a pretty good job of being able to play it in the dark. Um, there was one night, I kid you not, where I was playing it in the dark. Jerry was laying at the foot of the bed, and I didn't notice. And where the TV is positioned, I was sitting at the foot of the bed. And Jerry pressed his cold nose against the back of my neck. Oh, no. And I didn't expect it. And I fucking jumped probably about three feet into the air. Oh, my God. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm done for tonight. But <laughs> Sweet boy. Yeah. Jerry, no. Um, Isaac, tell it. us about uh, your experience. I know this is the first horror game you've legitimately tried to play. Is that right? <laughs> um, I, I, I've 
Like, you thought Bioshock was too scary. Is that true? So, I, I have played other horror games. Like, um, I played Fear, and uh, I guess that's about it. That's surprising, because that, that, has, it in, that has the thing in the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one was uh, pretty intense. And it's that pretty was, spooky. It was creepy. So, I will say, um, I have started Silent Hill 2 multiple times. Ooh. Um, it's because I was like, hey, this game is is always talked about it everybody seems to like it so let's give it a shot but then i always uh nope out of there real quick <laughs> and um i haven't been able to actually give it a an honest try other than this run and um so i will say that this kind of horror game i am okay with like it it'll send shivers down my spine every single time I hear something or I see something. Yeah. Um, but I think what freaks me out are like uh, things that just are jump scares, essentially, or right. uh, faces are the things that do it for me. Or, Isaac's uh, just going to list everything. He's like dogs, <laughs> oranges, doors. menacing looking clouds. <laughs> yeah, six cans of juice that I have to put into a trash compactor to Ooh. push some garbage down a tunnel. Yeah, so basically, um, <laughs> yeah. this game, the enemies, I feel like, were slow enough, but yet creepy in movement that it was still creepy and, 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 and scary, don't get me wrong, but I was able to, like you guys, um, push through it for the most part and um, quote-unquote have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, this is the kind of game where, like, I would argue, like, having fun is not the primary objective. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, like, for a lot of people, that kind of is game-breaking. Because I know a lot of people think that games yeah. have to be fun. And this game is almost the opposite of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of... I've played a lot of games that I wouldn't necessarily call fun. I don't think that, like, for example, I don't think that The Last of Us is fun. No, it's but very I think tense the Last and of stressful. Us- yeah, but I think The Last of Us is a phenomenal video game and a phenomenal Agreed. experience. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call Silent Hill too fun, but it is a great game. Yeah, it it's a uh, it's exhausting. You come out of Silent Hill two mm. and you're just kind of like, holy shit, like oh my god, right? Um, so I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this game in an alternate universe. If this was if we did Silent Hill Sundays, um, I think our movie <laughs> season would consist of Jacob's Ladder. Um, if you've not seen that Tim Robbins film and you enjoy Silent Hill, you owe it to yourself to watch it because that is kind of the genesis of a lot of Silent Hill things. So, and also the very terrible Silent Hill movie. Oh, dude, yeah, and I'm, so I've seen that movie as well. It's not very good. Um, Isn't there two? Yeah, there's two. I've only seen the first one. Um, and the that first was one, my introduction to Pyramid. Yeah, so Silent Hill, the, guy, the original man. film, kind of combines the stories of one, two, and three. Um, oh, I would say unsuccessfully, but it's <laughs> oh, that's in there. another thing I know about Silent Hills, uh, Sybil. Oh yeah, yeah. I know about Sybil. Yeah, so she's the cop from Brahms, um, who gets trapped in Silent Hill. Anyway, that's from the first game, so we won't talk too much about it. But um, I will say in uh, Jacob's Ladder, which is a film from 1990, I believe Tim Robbins plays a mailman who's come back to the United States from the Vietnam War. Um, and I won't spoil the end of it, but he's dealing with kind of post-traumatic stress from being in Vietnam. 
Um, and that is where the creepy head shaking from this game comes from. Um, that's also where the fog, like the fog of Silent Hill comes from this. It comes from that. Um, there's a train station and a couple other uh, in the hospitals um, and even like the other world kind of rusty grating shit. Like all of that comes directly from Jacob's Ladder. Um, so if you love Silent Hill, you owe it to yourself to watch that film. Um, besides that, there are tons of references everywhere. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but every single street name in Silent Hill is either the name of a character or an author in horror, Yeah, um, yeah. which is cool. But anyway, let's dive into the game itself, finally. But yeah, so we are, this is the main scenario, this, um, I guess, based on some of the guides that I was kind of cross-referencing just to kind of put the notes together, the main scenario is called Letter from Silent Heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam, just to clarify real quick, you did play the Born from a Wish subgame. I did. Okay, cool. Yes. So you can be the one to talk about that. Isaac, I'm assuming you did not play that? Um, I don't know how what that is. So it's uh, it was unavailable for me, so I didn't get a chance to fuck with it. Um, but born was from it a, on Restless Dream? Yeah, so it only on Restless Dreams. Um, so f- not the original PS2 version, but Restless Dreams for the Xbox Windows, and then the remasters. Um, they added a side scenario where you play as character Maria for a, I think it's like a two or three hour. Little yeah, it's, well, it's way story. shorter than that. It's like an hour and a half, maybe two yeah. hours. So once we get to the end of this, Sam, I'll I'll have you talk about that to some extent. Um, but yeah, okay. so let's talk about the opening moments of this main game. We open with an extremely iconic scene, which is this really cool music starts playing. It's sort of this like synthy music. And we start on like a Dutch angle of a bathroom toilet that kind of tilts and pans up and cranes up kind of at the same time. Um, Super and we see, creepy. Yeah, it's great. And we see, and immediately, like right off the bat, you're like, okay, Silent Hill 2's got some fucking rad cinematography. Um, but we are introduced to James Sunderland, who is washing his face in the mirror of a public restroom um, right outside of Toluca Lake, which is outside of Silent Hill, which is a town. Um, I believe the town is supposed to be uh, specifically uh, in the northeast of the country. Um, so I believe it kind of maps to like, not Vermont, but like Maine, I think. Mm. Um, but James is kind of contemplating what he's doing in the mirror. Um, and essentially you kind of have this super detailed little room that you can kind of interact in where there's like graffiti and stuff. The textures are kind of low poly for me. So it was hard to kind of make out what any of the graffiti said. Um, but one thing that I learned when doing some research on some videos from the camera break series or whatever that's called on YouTube, um, somebody kind of broke the camera so you can kind of see outside of where you're supposed to see. Um, and for the mirror effects in this game, anytime there's a mirror, apparently they, what they did was they actually duplicated the room. So when you're moving and walking, there's actually a second James character on screen mimicking your stuff in another room, and the mirror is actually a window into the second room. So that's how they did that, um, which is cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like the fog, the music, the wall scrawlings, like the atmosphere is set really hard out the gate. Um, 
and you kind of walk out and you're on this like little overpass where you can see the road that you came in on, you see your car, and then you see sort of an interstate tunnel that's actually blocked up, which we'll see more of in the town. Um, but there's a little interstate sign and it says like old silent Hill is 50 miles away. And then I think it says Brahms is like 280 miles away or something. And Brahms is the small town that the lady cop Sybil is from in Mm -hmm. silent Hill one. Um, if you try to leave, if you go back the way that you came in, um, from the, from the road, uh, James will be like, Oh no, I already, I've come this far. I've got to keep going. Like he, he kind of forces you to not leave. Um, but your car, the door is propped open. And if you inspect it, you can actually get a map of the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I did get that. And I, I also, um, made a note. I was like, y'all, you just going to fucking leave your door open. Like <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, before you leave, actually James walks to kind of this overlook where you can see the, the lake and you can see the trees and stuff. And he reads part of this letter, um, which we read kind of during the skit. Um, it's in my restless dreams. I see that town, Silent Hill. You promised you'd take me there again someday, but you never did. Well, I'm alone there now in our special place waiting for you, waiting for you to come see me. Um, and primarily, and this is the main narrative of this game, the letter is from James's late wife, Mary. Um, yeah, so died three years ago. Yeah, and mysteriously, this letter arrived to James, signed from Mary. And so James is coming to find his wife. And that's kind of what we're doing. Um, pro tip, I told Isaac this. I don't think he knew. If you press L1 and R1 or whatever your equivalent is, left bumper, right bumper, you can do the quick 180 turn that was introduced in Resident Evil 3. Yeah, um, I wish I had known that. Yeah. So I don't think you can do that because I remember we were on the phone that one night, um, AC, and I uh, I remember uh, – um, I remember it. you telling me about it, and so I went to try it, and it doesn't, and it didn't work for me. Oh, I wonder if it's because um, you used the other control scheme, right? I think the other control scheme because it makes it easier to steer the character. You don't necessarily need it because I didn't find myself needing it. Got, gotcha, that gotcha. Much at all. If you hold L two, you can also kind of force the camera to reset behind. Behind James, um, which is helpful during this portion primarily because the way the camera automatically sets itself up when you start descending from this little rest stop into the woods, um, the camera will position itself to where you're facing James's face. So you're kind of like running towards the camera, which is kind of cool, but also like it's good for spooks, but it's not good for playing. It's terrifying. (laughs) You don't know where you're running to. Yeah. It's a little... (laughs) Yeah, and you just hear these fucked up sounds in the distance, and everything is thickly covered in fog. Yeah, and I remember remember the other thing, too, that one of the uproars that people had about the HD collection, the remaster, when it first came out, was that the fog was, like, pretty much a non-player. But I think they patched that because the fog was hot and heavy. That's awesome. Yeah. In in this one, so it, it was really there... Yeah, I know some of the people with the original remaster were complaining that, like, you, so the fog, there are a lot of really wonderful art assets that were made for this game, but the fog also kind of obscures the draw distance. Um, and so I know the fog, they used it to obscure the fact that, like, they didn't render past a certain distance. And so, like, specifically, like, there's a boat sequence with the fog, the the way that the remaster originally released, you could see that, like, there was only water around the boat, and everywhere else it was black, and it looked really bad. Hmm. Yeah, um, which, yeah, it definitely wasn't like that in this. It was, um, they, they must have patched it because it looked it looked pretty good. Nice. Um, as you're walking through the woods, you, you do hear noises uh, in the distance, which is super spooky. Um, I would definitely recommend playing this game with headphones on if you can. Um, I think... They sounded like... 
fucking demon dogs. Oh, dude, it's spooky. Um, one of the things that you find is that there's a little well, and let's talk about let's talk about the save points. So the save let's points talk are save very points. very weird. Um, yeah. In Silent Hill three and in Silent Hill four, the save points are these. It's the seal of Metatron, is what it's called. It's this like somewhat Christian kind of occult. Uh, drawing of three orbs with a bunch of like weird religious symbols inside of them. Um, the three orbs are also the loads, the loading in the bottom corner of PT. Um, but the seal of Metatron actually has to do with this like weird Valtiel demon that follows Heather and Harry in one and three. Um, in this game, instead of a seal of Metatron to to save, um, you save at these red squares that look like little notebook pages, but they're red. And when you approach them and interact with them, James says, "I feel like something is groping around in my skull." And then the whole screen turns red, makes a creepy sound, and then as you're selecting your save point, there's a huge photograph of James's face in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time it happened, it scared me. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's crazy. It just, you know, it, yeah. it, just, it just flashes red, yeah. and then it's just James. And, like, it's not that it's just James. Like, his face, he looks so distant and, like, weird. It was very, it was very, like... Weird, and even like after the initial one, when I knew it was coming, like it still like unsettled me to look at it. Well, was this one um the one in the well wasn't red? It was just like a regular piece of paper, right? I think they're all red. Um, this one, yeah, it was I, red for me. Yeah, this one red. might have been a little darker, darker color, just because hmm. it's like at the bottom of the well. You can't. Oh, see maybe it. that's why. But yeah, something about the phrase "something groping around in my skull" yeah. just like yeah. makes me feel sick. Um, I know Heather in Silent Hill 3 will say, um, whenever you interact with the save thing, she says uh, she feels sick, like she's lightheaded. Um, in Silent Hill 1, the saves were just little notebooks laid around, and uh, Harry would just write his progress up until that point. Um, sort of the implication being that those notes would later be found by other people. Um, mm. So I thought that was cool. Like The save mechanic is you leaving notes like the ones that you're finding, which is kind of yeah. cool. It just feels it's just like what... Do we know what, like, the red squares mean in conjunction with, like, everything else at all? Or is it just, like, a weird thing? I'm not sure. I think... I mean, it's probably up to interpretation. I mean, I kind of feel like it could be maybe evidence of why... Of, like, James knowing why he's here for real. Mm. And maybe kind of hiding that from himself. Um, They could also be manifestations of his kind of weird disposition where he's, like, lying to himself a little bit. Um but I want to tell you guys a quick story for me, which was New Game Plus only, which freaked me the fuck out. And I think I told Isaac <laughs> about this. Um, you told me about it. Yeah, too. effectively, as you're running through the woods, because I've got a really, fu- I've got a really good memory of the first few hours of this game, just because of how many times I've tried to start it. Um, and so I was like, "What is the sound that I've never heard before?" And it was this like fucked up like machine sound. And I was like, "I've never heard this before. What the fuck's about to happen?" Um, and I found sticking out of a tree a chainsaw, and it's just running. And if you interact with it, James takes it. And then I just had for the rest of the game a chainsaw with unlimited gas that I could use as a melee weapon. Um, it hits really fucking hard, and it moves quicker than the pyramid head weapon, um, but it still moves very slowly. And it's hard to aim because you can't 
you can't trigger the melee system in this game is kind of rough like i get that they're trying to replicate like oh you're just a regular guy you don't have battle training um but it's hard to tell because sometimes when you interact with the chainsaw he'll stick it out straight ahead other times he waves it around so it's hard to kind of yeah. gauge how you're going to attack. So I found myself like, if, like if it, here's the thing, like I I don't have battle training, but I know how to use a fucking chainsaw. Yeah. Man. So like if it wasn't a boss, I actually opted to just not fuck with the not not fight them because it was too hard to predict how the chainsaw was going to interact. And I don't know if if we explain this or not, but kind of in traditional old school horror game style, you have to hold R two to like ready your weapon. And then you press X, I think, to use it. And so there was kind of this like wind up period where James had to like get yeah. ready. And a lot of times I would get hit before I could even use the weapon. Yeah. Mm. And that's and it's like that with all of the weapons, but there are a couple weapons that are like super heavy and big that you get in the game that make it even harder to deal with. For sure. But yeah. yeah. Like so, okay, so I after you told me that and I did my little run through, I don't know if this is just my copy, but I actually Got the chainsaw. Oh wow! They must. I got, have, I got uh, to that area where the the chainsaw was just stuck in the the wood. The oh, log. that's crazy. Huh. So I don't know. Ooh, Isaac got that PC hacked version. I, I don't. Know. <laughs> Isaac's like I <laughs> he found got the a, dark web version. Isaac's like I found a minigun. What? I, <laughs> you guys, this game wasn't scary at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Isaac's like I got I got a rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get after, I didn't get any of the huh. stuff because there's like the chainsaw and there's a couple other things in the game that you can pick up that. Um, yeah, I wrote down can, the ones that can... I found. Right. Um, there is one thing I that looked... we missed in the bathroom. So if you are playing the Restless Dreams version and you've beaten the game, I think at least once or no, no, no I think you have to have beaten the Born from a Wish. Um, you can get a blue gem in the bathroom at the beginning. And if you use the blue gem in three areas of the game, which I'll call out when we get to them, um, you can activate the. Um, you can activate the UFO ending that way. <laughs> uh, we have a mysterious um, third person who just entered our show notes. I'm not really sure what that's about, but I'm a little freaked out. Ooh. Oh, oh no. no. It's Mary. Oh, dinosaur. No. Anonymous dinosaur. Um, but anyway, you enter the town of Silent Hill, which is pretty cool. Um, you can kind of poke around the town a little bit. Um, there is a lot of town exploration with like no specific... I mean, like, you'll have a specific purpose that you're trying to accomplish, but at least here at the very beginning, you don't really have something that you have to do. Um, there's a really cool map system in this game where, depending on what your objective is at the given moment, the map itself will actually mark where you have to go, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you interact with doors in the environment, this game kind of becomes like a door-checking simulator, which I actually, my OCD brain found very, very calming. Um, yeah. And so I would just check every single door and kind of ignore the monsters because when you open the map, like things can't fuck with you. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would just kind of treat this as like a exploration simulator. Um, mm-hmm. And it's and it's like that too. It, this could be my brain. Like I, I think I think you didn't say this, but like when you're in buildings as well, oh, yeah. when you check doors, um, it'll tell you if the door is locked or if the door is unopenable on the map, so you'd know that you don't like you know you don't have to check that door anymore. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and there are a couple moments, too, where you'll interact with things, and it'll say, like, oh, I can't open this, or whatever. But then there are kind of weird times where they subvert that. So, like, I found there are a couple items in the game where it'll be like, oh, there's nothing of merit, or like, oh, there's nothing in this drawer, or yeah. oh, blah, 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 like kind of generic text. But every once in a while, there will be text where it's like, oh, this, there's nothing that can be done with this. But then if you press X again, James will be like, especially I think I interacted with, like, a beer bottle somewhere. 
James was like, oh, it's just a beer bottle. But then I pressed X again, and he was like, I used to drink a lot. And I was like, what? And then I pressed X again, and he was like, especially whenever Mary passed. And I was like, what the fuck? And it like, they're just like weird little moments where you're like, oh my God, where they kind of subvert your expectations. Um, but those will come, huh. those will come up a couple other times, and I'll, I'll kind of try to point them out. Um, but yeah, so you get you can kind of poke around Silent Hill a little bit before you encounter this kind of like cutscene where there will be like a blood streak in the road, and the camera will kind of follow the blood streak, and so that's kind of your cue oh. to follow. Yeah, um, and that's when we if you follow it, you kind of go back out of town a little bit to this weird tunnel. Um, well, hang on. well, did we did we just skip over Angela? Oh, yeah, you're totally right. My bad. Um, yeah, and I apologize, too. So some of my notes, I got a new phone last week, and I was keeping notes in my phone. Um, so Sam and Isaac, definitely check me if I say anything wrong, because I lost, yeah. like, half of my notes for this game. Oh, shit. Which well, I'm, I'm, I have a very long, detailed Okay, perfect, <laughs> thing, perfect, so. perfect. Um, yeah, Sam, tell yeah. us a little bit about Angela. Yeah, so when you when you walk, uh, you walk down through uh, Toluca Lake, um, you... I, the, I guess the only entry into fucking Silent Hill is a graveyard, which is cool. Yeah, the music here is um, super cool too. Yeah, so you you walk into this graveyard and you um, there's a woman there, um, and you have this conversation with her, and he uh, he asks her if she's lost. I don't think you learn her name in this encounter, um, but uh, she is in there looking for. She says, "I'm looking for my mama." I'm sorry, mother. Which was very weird. Oh yeah, um, and uh, she tells him that something is wrong with Silent Hill and that he should stay away. But he says that he has he's looking for somebody and that he has to go. Um, and so that was like kind of their first encounter with each other. They they meet up with each other a couple other times throughout the game. Um, she cray cray. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, yeah, she's a very pre- peculiar character. Like mommy and daddy will be yeah. vernacular yeah. that she uses Mama, uncomfortably. Yeah, was, yeah, very strange. Um, but yeah, um, so we we wander through and we find this little tunnel that looks like it's under construction. Um, and surprisingly enough, there's like police ticker tape here that says like police do not cross or something like that, which kind of freaked me out a little bit the first time I played it um, because I was because like, you find a dead body and it's just sort of like, well, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah. Um, I just love how his like whole thought process. He sees these like blood streaks in the ground. He's like, and he bro's like, yeah, I need to peep that spooky shit right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because you even <laughs> see like a figure in the darkness, which is kind of what lures yeah. him here. But this this creature is called a straight jacket. Um, in mm-hmm. the documentation for the game, effectively, it's this weird creature with kind of like a really articulate like set of legs and like a booty. Um, but it's got like this weird skin covering that's kind of pinning its arms to itself, making it look like it's wrapped up like a straight jacket. And if you get too close, it'll like split open and like spray poison. Um, mm-hmm. But you can find a weapon here. Well, it's like it's less like I I, I thought it it looked in the HD collection at least it looked more like it was puking on you. Oh yeah, I can see that yeah. too. Um, and sometimes you'll encounter them. This happens after this, um, where while you're searching through the town, sometimes they'll 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 crawl out from under cars, um, in a oh, jump, was, jump scary oh. kind of way. That was mm-hmm. kind of my first experience with one of these guys. I oh, mean, no. uh, uh, minus the little like the, the, cut inter- scene, the introduction or whatever the introduction. But I was just like uh, hugging the walls, just trying to not get scared and then all of a sudden i hear this, this yeah and yeah in the distance, it's like these little this thing crawling across the screen yeah um i was like what the 
the best. And it was uh, one of these guys. Yeah, it was so scary. Yeah, it's the, it specifically like the white right the white van me. in that alley that it crawls out yeah. from. It gets yeah. me well, every fucking o- time. Yeah, well, that's the mm. only time that one of them does that, like pops out of something like that. And oh no, it happened it, to me a bunch of times. Like really? especially after the apartment, um, they came oh, out wow. from underneath cars. So again, going back to the whole exploration simulator, I fucking check everything in these. Oh games. yeah, and so I, well, I had one the crazy jump thing. out at me. It did. I, I did. I checked everything too, or like as, as much as I, I could, and like it happened. The white van one happened. Yeah, I think that. And was it was true. enough. Like it conditioned me to just like marry of cars the entire <laughs> exactly. time. It never happened again. Yeah. Wait, what difficulty were y'all playing? I was on normal. So, oh yeah, that's the great thing. Yeah. We didn't talk about this. So this game actually, I wish other games would do this. This game has yeah. two difficulties. You pick the difficulty for the game, but then you pick the difficulty for the puzzles, and I fucking mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Um, yeah sure. So I did normal, normal, just because I had played yeah. it before. Same. Isaac, what'd you do? Oh, you know me. I did easy, 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 or easy, normal? easy, normal. Oh, okay, cool. I'm not okay. that, not that bad. Yeah, the puzzles aren't that hard, <laughs> even on hard. Like, uh, yeah. so weird thing, the puzzles for the most part, easy and normal, will be kind of the same. Um, mm-hmm. Hard is when the puzzles get like different. Yeah. Mm. And the puzzles, I was actually very um, intrigued by the puzzles in this one. I think my favorite one comes a little bit later with the the hanging people. Oh, yeah, and the prison. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. really good. The puzzles but, are um, great in this game. They're very non-Resident Evil, where Resident Evil's like the weird fucking, like, assemble the dog head door for the police <laughs> department that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. This game is very, it's still weird, but like there's like a weird logic that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you encounter your first straight jacket. James kind of freaks out and grabs a plank of wood, I think, that you can use as your first weapon. Um, and you uh, essentially this begins the combat, which is kind of the same throughout. The best weapon in the game is James's foot. Um, no matter no matter how many times you hit an enemy, I believe if it's down, the only way to kill it is to step on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so you do that, and then James collects a radio where he hears what appears to be his wife's voice um, speaking to him through the static. Uh, but th- uh, this is sort of a mainstay for Silent Hill. You have a staticky radio. Cool thing about this is this kind of augments the difficulty as well. So if you leave the radio on, it will notify you the more staticky it gets that there are monsters. However, the monsters huh. will come to you if you have the radio turned on. Um, so if you turn off the radio and you turn off your flashlight, you can effectively not trigger monsters to come after you. The problem is without the flashlight, I don't think you can interact with doors and stuff. Um, yeah, you definitely, at the very least, you can't read the map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's a point in the game where you have to, like, give up ev- literally everything in your inventory, including the radio and the oh, flashlight. Oh, yeah, it sucks. And it ch- it changes shit. Oh, yeah, man. it's very disempowering. Um, but yeah, so once you kill this thing, you get the radio. The radio kind of mentions to you to go to the lake, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so that becomes kind of where we need to go. Um, and then you kind of get the town to explore, and um, you can kind of run around. There's like first aid kits, health drinks. I don't want to talk too much about the exploration stuff since it's pretty rote. It's just kind of like, hey, there's things. Um, the one thing I do want to make mention of is there's an RV that you can find with a note that says, I'll meet you at Bar Neely. Um, and you, there's a safe point in the RV and some health drinks. Um, if you go to the bar, this is kind of one of the most iconic moments of this game. Yeah. There are newspapered over windows, and one of the messages written on the wall is, there used to be a hole here, and now there isn't. Yeah. And it's very weird, especially if you come back 
at a, at a later point when the game kind of goes into like this alternate version of the town, um, you can come back and the message will be different and it will actually call out. It'll say like, James, what the fuck are you doing? Or whatever, like an equivalent. It'll like speak directly to James, which is creepy as fuck. Yeah, I'm very much um, so. But here's the, here's the twist. It never fucking explains what the hole is. And there's just tons of this like weird graffiti that references shit that you have no idea what it's talking about. Um, the first time I played this game, and I don't I don't want to make this too, I don't want to make this point lightly because at the time in my age, this was insane. This was the first game I ever played where they didn't give a fuck about explaining anything. Yeah, they just throw you in there. Yeah, so I remember as a kid, it was the first game I ever played where what, by the time I had, I'd gotten a decent sense of what the game was about, I was like talking to a friend of mine who was also into Silent Hill, and I was like, do they ever explain the monsters or like why the monsters are there or why the town is foggy or why there's no people there? Why the, like wh- What's going on? And my friend was like, no, they never do. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? And I just remember mm-hmm. it broke my brain. I was like, how can – what do you mean? Like, I need explanations. Like, what is this? It's a story. What the fuck? Um, and it was the first time uh, now I love amb- ambiguous stories. Um, but at the time, I just remember it really was different. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, we, we check all the exits. We check all the cross streets. We check all the doors. We try and go wherever we can. And kind of organically, you will come to this point. I believe it marks it on the map as well. But organically, you come to this point where you can't go anywhere except for through this apartment building to get to the west side of town. And so we end up going into this apartment building, which kind of acts as like the first dungeon of the game. The game's kind of split into these like town exploration, then the apartment, town exploration, then the hospital, town exploration. And we'll kind of, we'll get to them, but they're, they're, if I had to talk about it in game terms, it's sort of like water temple, fire temple. Like it's like (laughs) hospital temple, (laughs) apartment temple, dirty needles temple. Um, But yeah, and so the way that we're going to handle this is I don't want to talk – I don't want to get super fucking granular where we're like, all right, apartment building, room 102, room 103, mm. room 104, Well, room I kind of – with my exploration, I kind of broke it out floor by floor. Yeah, that's – yeah. Um, so like you, you, you make your way into this because I think, I think the game is – despite the fact that it kind of seems a little open with the town, the game is very linear in a sense that you can't really do things out of sequence. Yeah, it yeah. gates you pretty um, hard where you need like certain items to do certain things and you have yeah. to kind of combine certain items that they kind of give you specifically at certain times. Yeah, so, so in our exploration – and Isaac, if you disagree with this, please speak up, but I think – or NLSU as well, I suppose, but I, you, you, you do speak I'll up, hold. So. I'll hold my tongue. <laughs> um, I think just, I think, you know, mileage varies on like how many corners and nooks and crannies of the town and the places you explored. But, um, I think generally speaking, everybody gets funneled into the same direction. So I think, I think we can kind of be a little looser with the, oh yeah um, with the descriptions of our, our, our quote dungeons. Yeah, for sure. And I just kind of, I mean, I wrote down kind of the way that I structured the show notes is like, I wrote down kind of the big ticket items, but obviously mm-hmm. if we have our own stories to share and stuff like that, we should do it. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to be like, you come out of room 104, you hang a left, you go to room 107, you grab the thing, <laughs> right. then you hang a right. Because right. like, I, whatever, like, I'm not going to sit here and talk for seven hours yeah. about this game. I mean, a lot of the like apartments aren't totally open. Like a lot of the doors mm-hmm. are locked yeah. or br- the door handles are broken off. So 
Yeah, I will. I, I do want to ask this specifically about the apartment building. So you can, if you're not thinking about it, and the apartment's very dark. So very this, dark. Is, this is definitely one of those games where, like, so you do eventually get a flashlight kind of right away, depending on where you go in the apartment. Um, but mm-hmm. before you get the flashlight, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, is the game supposed to be this dark? Is my TV too dark? Like, what happened? Um, and so there is a little bit of like a oh shit moment when you enter the apartment. Well, oh, like you're talking about because we yeah, cause we know like, now so that dark. yes, it is supposed to be this dark. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, this yeah. is also one of those games where I think it asks you at the beginning, like, hey, adjust your brightness to where the thing is barely visible or whatever. Um, you- even me, even me cranking up the the brightness as I do. Um, it was still an extraordinarily dark video game for sure. So just be aware that, like, no, your TV is not broken. Whenever you, whenever you get to this apartment building, um, but yeah. So let's talk about it real quick. The one thing I do want to ask that could be different depending on how we how we did this. Um, I did floor one. I did part of floor two, and then I was like, well, hey, I'm going to check floor three real quick because I can't remember yeah. if there is a third floor. And so yeah, I, you do, and there's a bitch-ass little girl up there. Yeah, so I was going to say, the Laura thing, I'm pretty sure you can do the Laura thing way later depending on what you do because I don't think – Really? Well, so I think you can exhaust floor one and floor two before getting to Laura, or you can just go to Laura right away. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, But anyway, oh. so the little girl's named Laura. We're not going to – really formally meet her until kind of way later um but you come to this area in the apartment where there's like these these bars like prison bars kind of blocking off part of the third floor and there's a key on the other side when you try to interact with it to reach for the key this little girl comes out of nowhere and kicks the keys away from you and just starts laughing and runs away bitch ass little yeah dude laura's <laughs> laura's frustrating i mean we we come to, we come to understand why she's frustrating um yeah. but um effectively for the first part of the game it's just like what the fuck like i find it interesting that they ask you if you want to do an action instead of like push a to 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 reach for the thing it's like yeah. do you want to reach for the key oh i love it yeah it's, it's the like, yes, they, no. the yes no like at most things that are yeah. key interactions yeah yeah do you um, want to reach inside this dark hole <laughs> Yeah, well, so, do you want to jump down this dark hole? Like, it, it definitely, like, the way that it's structured when they ask you if you want to do the things instead of saying, press this to do this, yeah. it, it's very much like, well, I don't know, do I want to do this? Because yeah. what if my arm gets chopped off yeah, for great. no reason? Like, I, yeah, and we'll talk about that, so I left that off the big ticket items, I just realized the whole situation. But let's, um, oh. I, try to, I try to put these items in, in chronological order to some extent. So you will find a flashlight in one of the empty apartment buildings uh, or one of the apartment rooms. But the weird thing is, like, it's on a mannequin. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. The mannequin is wearing Mary's clothes. Um, oh, I don't think I did notice. I didn't realize that. The oh, way that you can tell is if you look at the photograph of Mary. So when you start the game, you have her letter and her photograph in your inventory. So you can look at the photograph of Mary, and the clothes are the same on the mannequin, which is creepy. But I will say, to get one of the endings of the game, you absolutely should not look at either of those two items. Because as soon as you look at them, it will invalidate that ending. Oh, wow. And we'll talk about the endings when we get to them. But anyway, there's a flashlight pinned to to, to this mannequin. You can put it on. Um, And then it comes to life. It, it, oh yeah, 
the there's a creepy like mannequin enemy behind the mannequin. Oh yeah, that's right. It's behind. Uh, let's talk about the mannequin yeah. for a little bit. It's got kind of like a fleshy center, like the torso <laughs> looks like a human torso, but it's got like two yeah, pairs a fleshy of fleshy nougat center. It's got like two pairs of like wet ladies' legs. Ugh. Oh god! It's, why is everything? Every I, I we talked about it. Why? But everything's so fucking wet. wet. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's the litmus test. If you see a monster in Silent Hill and you're like that's fucked up, but that's weird that it's lady parts. Then like you're a normal sane human being. If you uh-huh. look at a Silent Hill creature and you go, "I want to sleep with that," then yeah. you're a sicko. <laughs> there's a fucking. I mean, there's a fucking contingent of people who like do Rule Thirty Four on the nurses. Yeah, but I feel like the nurses didn't really become sexy nurses until like the movie. Because, like, the nurses in this game are wearing sort of, like, traditional old-school nurse garb, so they do have, like, legs that are pretty visible, and they do have, like, a little tiny bit of cleavage. But I feel Mm. like we didn't get, like, the fucking busty porno nurses until the movie and then, like, uh, Homecoming. Mm. But anyway. Which, like, like, here's 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 the crazy thing about it, though. Based on literally everything else, I... I'm surprised that they weren't the weird bussy porno nurses. That's true. Yeah, I mean, they're like I said, they're kind of revealing, but they're definitely not like yeah. super ultra triple X nurses. Yeah, like it would make more sense in the grand scheme of things. Not that I'm campaigning for weird, creepy, <laughs> sexy nurses in horror games, but like it would make more sense based on the theme of literally everything else. Yeah. But yeah, so you also find anyway. a, you find a handgun in the apartment. Um, the big thing. The big thing is, like, once you interact with Laura, you get the key, uh, or uh, you try to get the key and you can't, you then are kind of, like, there's a certain point in the apartment where it kind of, like, lets you kind of do your thing, and you're like, where where the fuck do I go? Um, and then you hear a weird noise, like a screaming, and you go back to this one room on the second floor, and on your way there, it does not prompt you with a cutscene, which I feel like is so fucking confident. Like, it's so good mm-hmm. on the part of the developer. But when you get to this door on the second floor, before you go into the room, if you look down the hallway, you'll see this red glow, and you'll just see Pyramid Head staring at mm. you. Oh, God. And it's so good, you guys. Too creepy. It, spoo- it spooked me the fuck out. Yeah, the radio's like, going crazy. Accomplished- like, the radio yeah. is yeah, like, static as fuck. Like- but yeah, so you enter this room, and in the room there is a dead body propped in front of a television. I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. If you look closely, the dead body propped in front of the television is James. Really? Yeah, yeah like it is, yeah, a, yeah. it is a dead corpse of James. Whoa. And so I don't know if they just reused the character model, or if the intention was to make a spooky like oh look it's you but it's there nonetheless hmm. um but anyway you go in here and there's a cool little uh clock puzzle which is pretty yeah. easy to do there's um yeah there's effectively like you use an item to open the clock face but there is um height markings on a wall and if you look at the height markings they're not completely horizontal they're kind of at an angle and if you look at the names of the people one starts with an h one starts with an m and one starts with an s so it's hours minutes and seconds Mm -hmm. um and so then you just kind of input that time into the clock and then after the clock unlocks you can push it and crawl through a hole into a into a room um Mm -hmm. but yeah um and and i think i think on i the the puzzle the puzzle changes based on the difficulty i looked up after the fact but i think the norm I wrote it down here the 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 memo that you get that kind of gives you the hint in the living room um 
says uh, for normal at least says three needles stand of three different heights from the fat the tall the thin from slow to fast they move to the right scott rests not on three but 15 um and that's to imply that scott is a second hand that would normally be on the three but is instead 15 seconds because he's the second yeah correct um but yeah it's a pretty cool little puzzle it's definitely one that i've uh that I've uh, got some fondness for. Um, but yeah, so you crawl through here, you enter sort of the second portion of the uh, apartment, which kind of opens up like this pool area and some of the other floors. One of the floors, the new rooms that you can get to, is this weird apartment room covered in butterflies. Did you guys encounter yeah. that? Yeah. 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 Very weird. And so when you get in there, and I love how each of these rooms kind of tells like a, like a little short story, but they don't tell mm-hmm. you anything. It's just like environmental storytelling. Yeah, it's up to for your imagination to, which is cool. Figure out like what in the who is this butterfly man? Yeah, what's going she on? Has butterflies. Is this the monarch? Does the monarch look <laughs> here? Monarch. Um, but yeah, so in 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 the butterfly room is the hole in the wall. The first time that the yeah. game says, "Do you want to stick your hand in this hole?" Um, and if you say I mean, yes, I guess. if you say yes, it rumbles when James touches something, and James mm-hmm. even gets spooked. He's like, "Ugh!" Uh, yeah. But there's a key. Which is cool. Um, I believe it's also elsewhere in the apartment building. The toilet is that in the apartment? Yeah, yeah. So there's. Uh, let's talk about it. I guess right now there's a nasty fucking toilet filled with disgusting water, and James Bile. just fucking goes for it, dude. He's just really like gung ho on. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna stick my hand in this literally. literal shit. Which is funny if you have a save account on if you have a save uh, save data on your memory card when you play Silent Hill three. Um, early on in the game, there's a toilet, and if you go up to it, it says, do you want to stick your hand in it? And no matter what you say, Heather goes, I'm not doing that. That's disgusting. Who, do- <laughs> who does that? Um, That's pretty funny. Which is great. Um, but anyway, so um, the one thing that I found that was from New Game Plus was this white chrism. Trism. Um, it's like a white fluid. It has like a weird description. Um, huh. All of the four items that I found for New Game Plus all have something to do with like revival or like resurrection. Um, and hmm. so, if you get all four items, you can get the rebirth ending, which I will talk about. You, but you have to have beaten the game once normally to get the rebirth mm-hmm. ending. Um, um, so I was actually I was actually looking at the trophy list for the game on the remaster. oh yeah I forgot Mister um, Trophy Boy over. Well, that's the thing. I got like barely any trophies because uh, most of the trophies are tied to things you get in New Game Plus. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very weird. Because you got to play it again, Sam. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, outside of all those things, before we introduce Eddie and then get to the second part with Angela, um, you do encounter a room with the pyramid head, and this is kind of the pyramid head's like big introduction in the game. Um, yeah, because like it's not like you what you because the thing with the thing is you walk into this this room I think it's like room three hundred seven or something like that on the third floor um, and they don't like do a lead up it's just like you walk into the room and it's just happening <laughs> yeah which I appreciate uh, this game very much mm-hmm. so like uh, cherishes your intelligence like it doesn't really feel like it has to spell anything out which is great but there's this like odd sexual thing going on um, and notably this is the part during my initial playthrough where I literally threw up, uh, that night. Um, and so oh, this here? Just, yeah, oh, this is just like burned into my memory. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't like, I didn't throw up during the cutscene or anything, but it was like shortly after I was just like, Oh no, my stomach. And like ran to the bathroom. <laughs> um, but pyramid head has got two of these mannequins, like one in the air and one pinned against a wall. And he's definitely doing some like rapey body 
positioning to these things. Yeah. Um, Won't be the last. Yeah. It's kind of explicitly like sexual. Um, and then he kind of like renders them like, uh, unconscious or kills them or something. There's no like blood, but James just freaks out and hides in a closet and pulls like a blue velvet and just kind of watches through the closet, which again is very explicitly sexual. Like he's like peeping toming this pyramid head, like fucking these mannequin creatures. Um, and then James finally gets like freaked out and just opens fire with his handgun and pyramid head seems kind of like unfazed and just kind of like leaves. Um, which is what Pyramid Head is just going to do a lot. Yeah. Um, but then later on, we're introduced to Eddie. Um, I believe this still happens in this original building. After the Eddie introduction, I believe we go to a different uh, building. We jump across. Um, but Eddie is in this building somewhere, um, I believe. Um, it's not right after the Pyramid Head thing, but we're like I said, we're just kind of going through bullet points. Um, yeah, it's like it's on the first floor somewhere. Yeah, when you wander into the room, uh, in, until you interact with the door, you can just hear Eddie throwing up infinitely. Uh, which cracks me up, like which like the first time I'm sure it scared the shit out of people, but oh, since yeah, sure. well, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> yeah, like I thought it was like some. I was like, "Oh, great! It's like Another this monster. crazy puke monster that has to fucking <laughs> fight or something." Yeah. Like that. yeah, but you find like a dead body like next to a refrigerator in the kitchen, and then you go into the bathroom, and there's just like this overweight like Pugsley Adams looking motherfucker, just like throwing up in the toilet, saying that he didn't do it. Um, mm-hmm. and James is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, my name's James. I'm looking for my wife. And he's like, Hey, I'm busy throwing up. Leave me alone. Um, mm-hmm. and notably one of the things I want to talk about here, both this happens again with, when we run into Angela, um, with Eddie, you, if you, cause after the cutscene, James leaves, you can go back into that part of the room. And if you go to the right instead of to the left, um, you can see a unique room in the apartment that looks like Eddie's bedroom complete with like football posters and a football and a bed Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's like eddie's subconscious is kind of like becoming manifest for you to kind of explore Hmm. Um, which again silent hill 4 kind of the main character dives into people's dreams um so this feels very like of that uh Mm -hmm. plot beat Um, i have a i have a I have a note here about Eddie. I said, um, yeah, absolutely. I said, uh, Eddie seems generally harmless, which I think is funny looking back at it. Oh yeah. I think they do that on purpose to like disarm you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so the one thing I do want to touch on real quick that does kind of tie into Silent Hill 4 explicitly is um, they we made a joke about it earlier, but there's a weird puzzle here where there's like a thing stuck in the trash compactor, which like you could mm-hmm. fucking use anything to push this down if this was yeah. real life. Um, but in the game, because it's very like adventure game kind of puzzle game, uh, you, you have to find a six pack of orange juice. Um, to push this thing down and then you have to go outside and collect the trash that's kind of fallen to the ground um, and you do find like a coin which you end up using for a puzzle which like we're, we're not going to talk about every single fucking puzzle but you'll you use these coins to, to do a puzzle but in the trash there's a newspaper clipping that talks about a, oh, a man God, this fucking yeah oh. talks about a man named Walter Sullivan who killed two people uh, Walter Sullivan is the antagonist of Silent Hill 4 and Walter Sullivan really? is a serial killer in Silent Hill 4. Um, so oh, this wow, newspaper wow. directly... Is Silent Hill 4 a prequel? Um, no, I believe they, they kind of take place like side by side. Um, oh, so because okay. check it out, the main guy in Silent Hill 4, his name's Henry. Uh, the apartment owner of the apartment that you're trapped in in Silent Hill 4 is James Sunderland's father. Oh, And wow. he, he notes in the game, I haven't seen my son in a while. 
Huh. So it's very interesting. So like the games kind of take place like kind of at the same time. I That's feel like creepy. Interesting. Yeah, the and then like the article also, talk, also talks about how he um in in prison he uh the 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 Walter he severed his fucking carotid artery with a spoon. A spoon. Yeah, and that does yeah. like the, literally that Ugh. exact thing comes up in four. Um, so I don't know if they were planning for around this time or if when they were planning for, they kind of decided to like, oh, let's piggyback off of this thing that somebody already wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, this this article comes back later. Um, in oh, the quiz that's right. Show. Yeah, the, yeah, dude, the quiz show is great. I do. The quiz show is like one of my favorite moments in a video game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's but, talk about um, uh, at a certain point, like I had mentioned, you open this door and the door very clearly used to connect to something that's been demolished. Um, and mm-hmm. then they built a new building. So you're able to kind of jump in through the balcony of another apartment to get into this building. Um, and once you get into this building, um, there is a bunch of exploration stuff again. Um, and I think this is, yeah, this is where the toilet thing is. Yeah, this is where the coin puzzle, I think, comes to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but before all that, there are two things I want to mention. One, there's an apartment building where if you go in, I think you go into a normal room and then from the balcony, you can go in through a hole into another room in that second room. If you're quick enough, you can hear somebody whispering about James, which yeah, super I did hear me. that. I actually have a note, uh, a note here. I, I kept on hearing weird whispering in this game, and I couldn't tell if it was the game or if it was me losing my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they do it on purpose, because there are a couple moments where that kind of thing happens. Um, specifically, there's one that a listener wrote in about that takes place um, like later on in the other kind of like hotel that we come to. Um, so I'll be sure to pull it up so that I can... I can quote it when it happens. Um, but we get this sort of second, um, we get this sort of second um, meeting with Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is the one where you learn that her name is Angela. Yeah, this is the one with the knife. Um, yeah. So she's like in a mirror laying on the floor with a knife, very almost explicitly stating that she's ready to kill herself. Mm-hmm. And James kind of talks her out of killing herself, um, at least for the moment. Um, and she leaves eventually, but not after, not before threatening to kill James with the knife. So she kind of, yeah. she erratically kind of goes between these two modes of like, I'm worthless, I'm a piece of shit, I'm going to end my life, nobody loves me. And then I 100% to the to the core of her story about sort of the sexual assault thing with her father, um, if James tries to touch her ever, she's very, very defensive and does not oh, want to yeah. be touched. Yeah. Um, so they did a very good job. Because it's, because they have this like argue, they're talking back and forth about like I think she's very when he walks in she's very discombobulated and um, I think she, I don't think I she think, knows where she is. Yeah, she had this like weird like he she asked him how he knows that her mom lived in Silent Hill or something like that. Um, it was very she was very confused and then he said he reminded her who he was and then she seemed to snap back into it and there was a point where. Um, where um, Angela, she goes, I, I don't want this knife. Can you hold on to this for me so I can look for my mom? And he, he agrees. And she sounds he goes, so That's sad me. when she says it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he goes to take the knife, and that's when she, like, freaks out and, like, threatens, threatens him with it. And then she freaks out again, puts it on the table, <laughs> and then just runs away. Yeah. So, and this impacts the endings as well. If you pick up Angela's knife and inspect the knife, um, the more... So there's one of the endings where... 
if you inspect Angela's knife, also if there's like, I think there's a notebook on the roof of the hospital that if you read the whole thing, it kind of impacts your ending. And then also in the Toluca Lake uh, Resort Hotel, if you listen to Mary's entire monologue that plays in the background, it impacts mm-hmm. the ending as well. Um, essentially, the more fucked up shit you expose James to, you'll get a darker ending, um, which we'll talk about. I believe it's the uh, In Water ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then shortly after this, we encounter the first boss fight, quote unquote. Big air quotes. Um, this first boss fight is against Pyramid Head. You're in a very small area. This is actually as you're leaving the apartment building. You have to go down the stairwell, and fucking Pyramid Head's just there. Like, there's no health bar, there's no... I mean, there's kind of dramatic music, but it's sort of just like, oh shit, now what? Um, yeah, what do? <laughs> I don't... I want to talk to you guys about this. I knew this, so I intentionally used no items and just ran around. Um, if you wait long enough, a siren will play, will blare, and then Pyramid Head will walk himself into the water and disappear, and then the water will drain and you can leave. Oh, hmm. that would have been nice. Yeah, I don't know if you guys <laughs> tried to fight him or what happened. So tell there's me, no point in fighting him. Yeah, essentially you're just, I mean, anyway. it'll it'll speed it up. So I think if you use 40 pistol bullets, it will have the time. Fuck. Jeez. Um, but if you just wait, he'll go away. I shot him some, but I spent a lot more of my time running around and trying to like get away from him to line up a shot to shoot him. Um, and I think, and the siren wound up, sounding and he walked away and i think i think i may have done the time on accident oh gotcha yeah and that's the kind of the fucked up part is kind of like the 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 flag won't trigger unless you hit x number of bullets so Mm -hmm. it's like you can run out of ammo and still not speed up the boss fight Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. So yeah. by the time, so I didn't, I didn't fucking fight anything hardly. So by the time I left the apartment, I shit you not, I had like two hundred and ten pistol bullets, and like eight first aids, and like eleven health mm. drinks. Yeah, I was surprised by how like generous they were with that stuff. I spent most of my time using the fucking pipe to kill everything, really. Yeah. So I had like a surplus. I had a surplus of bullets. I really only used bullets on bosses. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, did you have any sort of uh, item scarcity issues? Uh, not on easy, that's for sure. Oh no, <laughs> they'll, they'll just give you stuff. That's that's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was my biggest fear. For honestly, free. was like I was less worried about you being scared and more worried about you like locking yourself out, like of running shit. out of yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. just because you hadn't played it before. I think if mm-hmm. I had done normal, I still would have been okay. Honestly. Yeah, like I said, I like I I felt more comfortable honestly using the like the the handheld weapons like the pipe like the pipe and the the plank to kill things the like the the regular enemies that I I barely used my bullets. Yeah, and they and they and they give you and if you do if you do enough exploration and do enough of like side stuff they give you so many tons of bullets for yeah. sure for sure. But yeah, so we come out of the apartment building um, to some more town exploration. Um, effectively, we're in a new part of Silent Hill, which is cool. You kind of get to explore the town more. I think the town exploration kind of solidifies like why this series couldn't have continued for more games and kind of what the major flaw is with some of the newer games. Um, it's a fucking town. So it's not like the town can get renovated and get new buildings and shit. Um, so right. technically, if you've played one, the map of the town is actually relatively unchanged between one and two. 
Um, and then in three, you don't go to a ton of the town. You just kind of go to parts of the town. And again, it's parts from past games. Um, and, but they do a really good job of making them new again, if that makes sense. Um, right. So it's interesting to me with all this town exploration, because by the time you play through these three games, like you know this town like the back of your fucking hand. Mm. Um, but Sam, I feel like I cut you off. Were you about to say something? No, I don't. Oh, okay, so. but yeah. So the the notable things about this new town exploration portion is there's a scene with Laura. You do catch up with the little girl. She's kind of resting this on a wall. bitch ass Asbo having little girl. Yeah, and she kind of just girl. like jokes and says like that she doesn't want to talk to you and blah blah blah, and that you're like a mean man. And James is trying to ask her more questions, and she kind of hops off the wall and runs away. Well, she said, I think the thing oh she that also really... said she said she she knows Mary. Is that right? Yeah, she says you did. She says you didn't love Mary anyway. Before she runs away, and James is very, very much taken aback by this. Yeah, he's like the fuck. Um, but then, uh, notably, we go to this little park along the lake, um, and uh, you meet Maria. Uh, Maria is a weird character. She l- yeah. looks like James's wife, but she's not. I get a very Cameron Diaz. Uh, inspiration from her. Um, she looks almost identical to Cameron Diaz, in my opinion. Um, mm. The um, can so the the cutscenes with the characters are very very creepy. Oh, like yeah. the way that That's... the characters are rendered in the cutscenes, like they're all very pale and yeah. like very like spooky. Yeah, that's how it looked in Silent Hill One as well. Mm. Yeah, it's very they're they're and, so they're somewhat like plasticine looking. Like they look very smooth. Yeah, Eddie. It, it if Eddie and Maria especially, um, and I think Eddie more as the game goes along. I think um, I notice it more with him, but Maria for immediately I notice how like weird she looked and how very like ugh. yeah. But um, Maria is almost explicitly like James even says you look like my wife, and she's like, well, I'm not your wife. Um, she's got like a pink leopard print mini skirt, and like I believe that they're going really hard to try and push on that. Like she's kind of like. A club girl, maybe even going so far as to say that she's very prostitute-looking. Mm. Um, if you look carefully, she does have a little bit of a pudgy belly, which in the making of documentary, they said they, they did this on purpose. Um, they wanted to make her look sexy, but not like a good sexy, kind of like a dirty, real-life sexy. Mm. Um, and if you look closely, she has a scar on her stomach, which is kind Ooh. of weird. Oh, I thought that was a tattoo. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, but, um, she does end up sort of like, I don't want to say escort mission cause you're not really like on an escort mission. Um, but you, um, do have her kind of follow you around the game. Um, the level to which you protect her, like if you try to make sure she doesn't get hurt, that will affect your ending as well. Mm-hmm. But it's also nice cause like I didn't have, I don't know if she got hit or not, but I didn't have any trouble like. It wasn't like Ashley in Resident Evil 4. Like, I didn't feel, like, burdened by her. Yeah, you can yeah. still juke monsters and stuff. Like, she's very... Yeah. She stays pretty close by, so it's easy to kind of get around. Um, I will say my favorite trope with her, um, once you get her, is that when you go into rooms, she is just in the room in a place. Oh, yeah. Um, and it freaked me out multiple times. Oh, yeah, because as soon oh, as you definitely. enter the room, your flashlight's just aimed at this red <laughs> woman in the corner, and you're like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's... Vi- <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that that uh, that was my favorite thing about Maria. <laughs> yeah, that's um, your favorite thing. You're, you're, yeah, you're free to do more town exploring. You can find like health drinks, first aid kits, blah blah blah. Um, notably, there's like a hotel 
parking lot that you can kind of hang out in with like a save point on the trunk of one of the cars. Um, there are a few more monsters. Like the monsters start to get a little bit more heavily populated in the streets. Yeah, the mannequins are the mannequins are in the street now as opposed to just the straight jackets. Um, and... I don't know if we mentioned it in the apartment, but there is like every once in a while you'll encounter this beetle kind of like bug creature Mm. i hate it so they're very small but they make your radio go off Um, and technically they're harmless but if they happen to move when you move they can pin you in a corner and just slowly chip your health away until you back up yeah it sucks yep huh so like i literally almost got killed by one because of like a weird movement situation yeah yeah oh and they have a they have a real big shining moment late game oh yeah Oh, I saw it first yeah. in the in the in the first town exploration part, and I had I was very confused. Oh yeah, yeah, and they trigger your your radio, which uh, pisses me off. So for the longest time, whenever I was a kid, I would kill them so that they would make the radio stop. <laughs> um, but they're very hard to catch. Smart. Um, you can shoot them with a the pistol, but they're hard to get with the melee. Um, but one of the new Game Plus items that I found was called the Lost Memory, is a book of lost memories at the gas station. Um, and it's interesting. It does have a little bit of lore of the town, which I thought was cool. Um, but notably, you go to a bowling alley. Um, I don't know. Uh, so you guys, you, you go into the bowling alley. Well, Maria waits outside because she hates bowling. Yeah. Um, notably, there are no enemies in the bowling alley. Well, hold on. And then James says, well, I'm not going to actually I'm not going to play. <laughs> I'm not actually going to play bowling. Did you think I was going to go bowl? Did you say nerd? <laughs> Did you say bowling? Um, but yeah, you go in there and it's fucking Eddie's just chowing down on some disgusting pizza he found. Yeah. Laura, no, and he's Laura talking gave to, to Laura. Yeah, Laura's like, I love pizza. Um, the funny, I find and, it like, essentially calling him like a, like a fat ass. Yeah. I find it funny that they're able to talk to each other pretty, pretty readily though, because it kind of implies that Eddie is sort of of childish mind. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, she, she talks to him about, she, the, you kind of join the mid conversation and she asks Eddie why he ran away and, um, from whatever. And he says that it's because they wouldn't understand or listen to why. So it didn't matter. So that's why he ran away. Yeah. So we know Eddie is running f- or ran away or r- is running from something. Yeah. And this will kind of come up in a big, bad way further. Um, yeah. but essentially James shows up, he kind of talks to them and then Laura says like, fuck off trick and just like runs. Um, <laughs> the music's kind of cool in the bowling alley. Um, but mm-hmm. as you leave, you kind of follow her down this alleyway, um, there's a yeah. section where Mar- you learn you learn from Eddie that her name is Laura and that she's looking for somebody named Mary, oh, and yeah, that's yeah. why that's why James goes to chase after her for sure. Um, you get to th- and James gets real mad at Eddie for eating pizza at a time like this and not wanting to help him find Laura. <laughs> yeah, one like constantly, James is like, "What are you doing?" There's monsters, and both Eddie and Laura are like, "What are you talking about?" Which is like, uh oh. Yeah. Like, does nobody else see any monsters? Uh, notably, yeah. there's a character in Silent Hill 3 that says they look like monsters to you, uh, mm. which is very creepy. Um, yeah, because what do they look like to you? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Maria and you come to the outside of this back door of this club, and Maria does this super skeezy thing where she pulls, like, three keys out of various parts of her body. She, like, pulls a key out of her <laughs> cleavage, really a key weird. out of her boot, a key out of her, like, <laughs> it's weird. Honestly, like her lady area, it's very weird. And James is like desperately trying to like peek to like see where. Oh she's yeah, what a fucking creeper! 
Um, yeah, it it would have been really funny if Maria just like pulled one out of her like flesh pocket, like she pulls one out of the uh, cut on her stomach. Uh, She's like, "This is my uh, pouch." Uh, uh, but anyway, you go into the club. There's some like some health items, but mainly you just kind of go in to get through to the to the street. Um, yeah. And eventually, we chase Laura to the hospital. Which, guys, we are not even a quarter of the way through these notes. So I think we are going to try to again touch on the highlights of the hospital. Yeah. I don't want to get too caught up. Um, First floor is relatively chill. There's a map, and there's no enemies. Um, mm-hmm. Second floor, this is where I stopped playing the first time that I was playing, uh, because as soon as you enter the door and come out on the second floor, it's fucking static and enemies as far as the eye can see. Yep. And I was like, I'm done. I just like turned it off. Yeah, I was like, I'm good. Here's the nurses. Yep. Yeah, the, they, the intro to the nurses freaked me out. Like the first nurse, because... The the uh, the enemies up to this point were all kind of like slow moving, and just kind of like, and the nurses come out and they oh they're coming they scream at you yeah and they're like running and they can stab you yeah it's like yeah they have weapons yeah the first one scared the crap out of me to to help you combat these new uh, enemies though you do find a shotgun in the hospital um, which again I was pretty hardcore about not using ammo ever Um, Mm -hmm. so I just saved the fuck out of all this ammo. Um, we do get two weird keys, the lapis eye and the purple bowl, which we use for a creepy puzzle box later. Um, I believe, yeah. does the puzzle box happen before the, ch- the change happens? Do we do the puzzle box in the um, normal hospital? I believe so, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we get these two keys just to go ahead and reveal what happens with the keys. There's a weird puzzle box with like a thousand locks on it that looks really cool that you find um and you use the two keys to reveal a loose hair that's in the box which is weird um and then you use the hair and a bent needle to get an item out of a drain in a shower um and you find the elevator it's so key. fucking adventure game it's hilarious oh yeah it's very fucking like zach mccracken or like whatever like <laughs> any of those like telltale kind of like back to the future or whatever um, but Maria decides she's just going to fucking sleep in one of the hospital rooms, which is weird. Yeah. She's like not feeling great. And then she, uh, she says it's like a hangover and she takes some pills. Um, and then as she lays down this very skeezy hospital mattress, she talks about how comfortable it is. Yeah. And she motions she's to like, her, Come on over here, Bubba. her side. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bubba. Um, but you, yeah, you go trying to find Laura again. Um, and you can kind of, you go between, again, it's sort of three floors. Um, thankfully, I'm glad they didn't do this with every dungeon in the game. Silent Hill 1 does do this, where every dungeon has like a regular version and then like a nightmare version. Um, this mm. game only does it with the hospital, um, which is great because yeah. I would hate to do every single dungeon twice because that was very yeah. taxing in the first game. Um, but you do encounter a room with this mid boss, um, kind of. Well, can we talk about really quick? You go up to the roof at one oh, point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this gets you to like the next to the other part of the hospital that so you can explore a little bit more. But um, you explore, you find that diary on the uh, on the roof that we talked about that you can read through. Yeah. Do you remember what the um, what the diary said? I can't recall. I didn't write it down. I don't recall what it all said. There's a diary. It chronicles a, it chronicles this patient's um, like there's a patient in the hospital who's like dying and he has this like oh desire. he talks about the other world. He talks about how like yeah. this other world is kind of like creeping in. Mm. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he's, like, losing his will to fight on, and then he gets released from the hospital, and the diary just kind of trails off, um, if you read the whole thing. Um, yeah, and again, it impacts your ending if you read the whole thing. 
Mm-hmm. Which I, um, I love. I love that this game's not like yes or no. It's just sort of like, were you curious? Well, you fucked your ending up. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. But you try to go back down from the roof and the door's locked and there's another door. So you try to go through that one and then fucking Pyramid Head just shows up, scares the fuck out of you, and then fucking uppercuts you through the goddamn hospital roof. Yeah. And that's how you get and that's how you get back into the hospital where you need to go. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's very casual. Like James is just sort of like, What the fuck? I'm gonna keep exploring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you walk up to the door and you start hearing his sword, so I started flipping out and then he's just there. Like it made my heart drop so fucking fast. It was insane. Yeah, they do a good job with the pyramid head. They don't like overdo it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, you fight this mid boss in one of the rooms, it's called the Flesh Lips, and there's three of them. <sighs> But you fight two of them yeah. at first, and the third one kind of shows up. But they're kind of these weird, like, hospital beds slash torture devices that are kind of floating. Mm-hmm. And I found it difficult to use melee, so I had to use a uh, shotgun. Yeah, I did shotgun. Yeah, it takes, too. like, five shotgun blasts. Um, but once you get done with this, you gain access to the garden area after the mm-hmm. fight. And this is one of the areas where you can use the blue gem for the UFO ending. Yeah, and I just want to say really quick, the reason why he had to be in there to fight those things is because Laura essentially tricked him in there. Oh yeah, correct. Like she, like she, oh, locked she, him she in. says that there's a letter from Mary that she needed to get before he, before she leaves with him, and he goes into the room to get the letter, and then she closes the door and locks it, and he's just like, hey, "You little brat, let me out." <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, but um, from the garden we enter the other world hospital. Um, which is what it is referred to. Um, I do not like the thought that there are alternate dimensions in Silent Hill because almost explicitly, if you play the first and the third game, there are not other dimensions. What you're encountering, especially if you've seen the movie, is that um, – oh, cool. She kind of shares my name. Alessa, Alessa Gillespie, um, is this sort of mm. tortured schoolgirl. There's sort of this like – if I'll talk about it briefly because I don't want to stay too 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 long on this topic, but sort of the lore of Silent Hill is that the town is kind of built on this like innate uh, force. It's not necessarily an evil force. It actually did not used to be an evil force, um, but because of this this cult that sprung up in the town, um, they were trying to use Alessa Gillespie to birth a god. And because of Alessa being tortured by being burned alive and all this other shit um, that she tried to do to, like, subvert this birth ritual, um, her malignant, tortured spirit kind of fused with with this force in the town. And so all of the creatures and the fucked up other world stuff are kind of lingering from her pain. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not really alternate dimensions. It's just more or less we're slipping into this like nightmare version of the town. Um, but yeah, so if you're interested, I would check out. There's a YouTube channel called Twin Perfect. Um, they do a really, really good job of doing like hour-long deep dives into the lore of every game um, and kind of talking about the development history and stuff. And if you're really into it, it's called The True Silent Hill Experience, and I think there's like 18 parts. It's really good. Um, but anyway, so the other world is surprisingly used, I would say, rather sparingly in this game. I kind of talked about it already, but one in three, like, that's kind of their main gimmick. But in this game, they don't really do too much with the other world stuff. Um, uh, this, this hospital becomes super fucking creepy and weird whenever the change happens. Yeah, I call, I call it, I, say, I think I said it's uh, weirder and darker and grosser. Oh, yeah. Essentially, it becomes the dirty bathroom version of the hospital. 
Um, but there's a creepy fridge and kind of the main point of this whole area is using a sort of a weird painting puzzles and some rings. Um, the big puzzle is to try and open this creepy fridge. Um, you can find an ampule for the first time. An ampule Mm. is the rare item that gives you full health. So definitely save that shit for big bosses. Um, Mm -hmm. and then here's the fucking rad elevator that we talked about. So there's kind of this mm-hmm. optional puzzle. You get into an elevator, and then the elevator kind of goes forever down, which is amazing. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this yet. Every single time you interact with stairs that are story-specific or an elevator or a hole, James just keeps going down. Like mm-hmm. kind of the big visual symbolism is James keeps going further and further down and down yeah. and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even like a point later on, I think like close to, close to endgame, where you're going down a flight of stairs. Um, and I, I thought it was almost gonna like combat ladder boss. Oh yeah. Like I thought snake eater was going to start playing. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you like, but except instead of climbing up the ladder, you're going down these stairs into the dark and it's very like evocative and weird and creepy. Yeah. Which if you're looking for more snake eater action, uh, I finally posted the, uh, the interpretive dance that I swore. I would <laughs> Jesus paste. Christ. Yeah. On the Facebook page. Yeah. Isaac, so Isaac, good. do you see it? It's, uh... It was beautiful. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Um, so you guys can see what I look like. Um, I've already been told by a couple listeners that I look different than they imagined me. So there's huh. that. Well, huh. Uh, but anyway, there's this, uh, well, huh. this is fucking sick. This game show host comes on over the intercom and essentially quizzes you as an optional puzzle on various things that you might have found out already. Um, and if you get all the answers right, you get an item. I mean, I cannot recall what it is, but... Um, you get, you get, um, you get two ampules and like a fuck ton of shotgun shells. Nice. Um, so it's super worth it to do. It's it. super cool. The voice work is phenomenal. The creepy mm-hmm. game show sounds are great. It's great. Um, yeah, you, you have, you have joined at this point, you have joined back up with Maria and she's in the elevator too. Like what the fuck's going on? Yeah. So she notices it too, which is funny. Yeah. Um, um, because you, because if you go back to that room she was in, she's gone, and the room is obviously different. But like James is like, where did she go? Is she sick too? Yeah, her pills are or still she, in there it, too. Yeah, she's like, he, she might be sick. And then there's like this very heavy breathing. Oh yeah, that like it's, permeates ugh. the whole room. Yeah. yeah, dude, the sound work is fucking. I cannot do mm-hmm. it justice. Like that's the scariest part of the game. I think is the sound work. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, so yeah, you find you find her like she she there's a there's a cutscene like you uh. You uh, you find a ladder that has a basement to a basement, and then Maria like breaks into the room and scares the fuck out of you, and then uh, James mistakes her for Mary again, and Maria like freaks, well, she out, freaks because out he's always thinking about his dead wife, and then um, then she calms down, and asks where Laura is, and has this like really weird responsibility to protect her, and then they go into the quiz elevator together. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the just... quiz boy elevator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you get a lead ring, uh, inside of the refrigerator, finally. Um, and you can use the lead ring and the copper ring to open a door to the stairwell that, that Sam, I think it's a different stairwell. Um, it takes you to a note that talks about how somebody took the director's key. Um, mm-hmm. Pyramid Head swoops back in at this point, um, mm-hmm. and fucking stabs Maria through the chest while she's trying to get back in the elevator and dies. Mm-hmm. And James is yeah. just alone in silence in an elevator that we have to sit through where he's just yeah. very quiet. Yeah. There's like this huge winding hallway that you have to navigate through, which I can only imagine how fucking much that sucked with the tank controls. Oh yeah. It's, uh, um, it's, 
it sucked with the 2D controls, so I can only fucking imagine. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, that Pyramid Head kills Maria by penetrating her with his big sword. Like, it's, again, yeah. very sexual. Yeah. Um, and even her moaning is like, oh, God, what's going on? Yeah, it's not like pain. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Um, but, yeah, so you get the director's key, you get access to the hospital lobby, and then after all of that nonsense, we find Laura, and she runs off again. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, it kind of ends up making the hospital feel... I mean, there's cool moments, obviously, but it makes the hospital kind of feel like a pit stop. Yeah, for which sure. Which is frustrating. And then when we leave the hospital, suddenly the whole town is in other world version. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's nurses in the streets now. You've got three areas marked on your map. Everything's just fucked up and yeah. rusted. Yeah, everything's like, it, there's not fog anymore. It's just black. It's just dark. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. crazy. Um, but essentially your goal here, it's not really explicitly told to you unless you try to go there. You have to find a key to enter the historical society. Um, and so what you kind of end up doing just to kind of go through this, um, you weave through a tunnel and head to a Mexican restaurant on your map. Um, and you find a wrench. Um, and then we're introduced to these creatures called closers. I think, um, and they creep underneath the grates in the tunnel. Ugh. They're pretty easy to dodge, but they're really gross. Yeah, yeah, they're really gross. If you just like run past them, they're they're pretty easy to avoid. But ugh. yeah, um, and then eventually with the wrench, you go back to where you met Maria in the park for the first time. Um, and uh, thankfully, it's a little easier because new parts of the town are now easier to get through. Like there's shortcut doors and stuff, um, and you can use the wrench behind one of the statues to get a bronze key from some loose dirt um, because puzzle games. Am I right? Um, mm-hmm. And now we can enter the Silent Hill Historical Society. I almost said the St. Louis Historical Society. <laughs> um, one of the New Game Plus items in here is like there's a broken glass case, and inside there's an obsidian goblet. And the item description is, again, kind of about resurrection and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely did not remember finding that before. So, And they do a good job. Like I didn't really have to hunt out the New Game Plus items. They're just kind of like the camera will kind of focus on them whenever you're mm-hmm. there. That's another thing too that I that I don't think we brought up. I don't know if this is a thing in the original game and but in the HD collection, um, items. If you run past a place where there is an item, James will actually look. Yeah, at it's it in the original game as he passes. Yeah, okay, he pulls cool. like a Max Payne where he kind of like yeah. turns his head and looks at it, which is cool. Uh, but this is where the long ass fucking stairwell is. I have expected yeah. it to be like the Bowser stairs where it just kind of like never stops you have to like turn around oh yes um yeah but uh but then you end up in this area where you realize you're in a well um and so you have to use the you have to use a melee item to break the wall um and it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of easy to spot but it's also not necessarily the most intuitive thing um what a weird fucking historical society yeah right (laughs) um you get a spiral writing key um and then you in the hospital you found like a dry cell battery that you can kind of Mm -hmm. trick uh uh to use to turn the power back on but you this is what sam was talking about with the beatles um you enter this room where it's pitch black use the empty cell to turn on the lights and then you realize that the entire room is floor to ceiling covered with bugs Oh, this yeah. part. Oh. And it's fucking yeah. disgusting. And really, it's just there to freak you out because the door code is easy to figure out and you can get out pretty mm-hmm. easily. It's kind of reminding me of, I can't remember which Metal Gear game, um, The Roaches near the elevator? Oh, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh. 2? Yeah. Yeah, with the, yeah. where you have to use the spray or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remind me of that. Oh, good like, good tie-in. Hey, Isaac. man. Isaac. I like it. Fum- what I'm here We're for. We're fumbling in the dark. <laughs> 
<laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, we're literally fumbling in the dark until we can turn the lights on, and then it's spook town. Um, you can die in here so, if you get touched by enough beetles before you yeah. get out. You can die, which sucks. I did not because I hated it. Yeah, same. And I was in, I was in a very big hurry to get out of there. <laughs> um, uh, this was a I, I sent Alessio a couple clips from my my notes. So this I'm gonna read this section really quick about like what I wrote down about this about this room specifically. And this is the only time I'm going to do this because I think so because I think it's funny. So the way that I describe this in my notes is you eventually get to a room with a key in it, which is cool, but your light goes off, which is uncool. And the door is also locked, which is even less cool. So you replace the battery in your flashlight with the one you found in the hospital, which is cool. But then there are bugs everywhere, which is <laughs> super uncool. But there's a keypad next to the door, which is cool, but you don't have a code, which is uncool. But three of the numbers are shiny, which is cool, but you don't know what order to press them in. You have to try all the permutations of the three numbers, which is uncool. But eventually you get it, and you leave the room, which is super cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Um, and much, 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 much akin to what we were talking about before you jump down another hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many fucking holes, man. Holes. Yep. And then we get to the Toluca Prison, which is kind of mm-hmm. like the last third of the game, roughly. Um, so James wakes up in a cafeteria. Um, you find a tablet of the gluttonous pig. You will get three mm-hmm. tablets that you have to kind of insert into some gallows later. And you get a get another fun little scene with Eddie here. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's weird. Yeah, he's uh, he's like he's Eddie's talking about how killing a person isn't a big deal, and that he killed a guy because he was making fun of him with his eyes. Which is weird because I will say there are item descriptions and notes in the game that kind of imply that Eddie didn't kill anybody; he killed a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and killed, then like, he, he shot he a men- man in the leg and ran away. Yeah, yeah, he may he he actually he mentions like killing a dog here, but then he goes, "I'm just kidding," and then he leaves. Yeah, which is not creepy at all. Oh, because there's another dead guy in this room. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. And Eddie's just like, I don't know why I keep on appearing next to dead people. I didn't do it. Bye. <laughs> yeah, not me. Wasn't me. Every time he shows up, Shaggy mm-hmm. shows up, and it's like, wouldn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, but then we find a, la- a lighter, excuse me, uh, in the Western Hall. We get another ampule. Um, the hunting rifle is in this area, which is, it's a it's mm. a pretty overpowered weapon. But again, much like everything else in the game, every if it's overpowered, it's slow. Um, so just FYI, it takes forever to fucking load this thing. Um, you find another tablet, the tablet of the seductress. You find it in the showers. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. You also get a wax mm-hmm. doll. Um, and then later in the southern hall, we get the tablet of the oppressor. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, pre- Which pretty easy puzzle. You, These gallows. The, 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 tablet of the, the tablet of the oppressor is in a, in a cell. And if you go into the cell, it locks behind you. And you just have to kind of keep on trying to open the cell to get out very weird yeah they do a lot of really like i said they do a lot of things where like as soon as you feel like oh i'm starting to get used to this the game's like no you're not fuck you (laughs) um which i love um but you stick the 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 tablets in these gallows um and the uh just to reiterate gallows are where they hang people so you're like in this big it's weird it's like outside but it's inside you're Mm -hmm. like like there's grass and shit but there's a ceiling it's very weird um but there are these gallows where they clearly hang people to die, um, but you notice there's a trap door that you can't use, and so you go and you find a horseshoe, and you come back. Well, you find a horseshoe, you you do the puzzle, somebody fucking screams like they're dying. Oh, yeah. And then you, as you, nothing happens, and as you leave the this big area, there's a horseshoe, the horseshoe's on the door. Yeah, it's very. To go back into the prison. It's very spoopy. 
Um, did we? Oh no, I think the Hangman is in the Labyrinth coming up. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, in true again puzzle adventure game fashion, you combine the lighter, the wax doll, and the horseshoe to make a latch to open the trap door. This is my favorite one. Yeah, it's pretty this good. Was my favorite like King's Quest nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. <laughs> Um, you use the lighter to melt the wax doll so you can stick the horseshoe into <laughs> the slot and have a handle to open the trap door. Yeah, which in reality, you would just use your fucking lead pipe and get out of there. But whatever. <laughs> um, and you fall further down. Because uh, I don't know if you guys can tell yet with the uh, metaphor, but we are hitting rock bottom. Oh, yeah. You jump into you jump into the hole that you open with the trap door. David and Bowie's you, there. And in the hole, there's like a weird morgue, and James imagines that he saw it, sees one of the corpses moving, but you keep on moving, and there's another hole you jump down, which leads to a door that leads to another hole, and I oh, felt like yeah. I was going insane. Oh, yeah. It's very PT with the repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that hole leads to a room where you go into an elevator that takes you even further down. Yeah, we going down, down. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you're in the labyrinth. David Bowie's there. He's singing songs. Um, except David Bowie's Pyramid Head and he's wandering around. Um, mm-hmm. You can find his sword. Yeah, so you can get his uh, great knife, which, spoiler, it sucks. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it's so fucking it's super slow. Um, but um, Pyramid Head is just kind of ambiently wandering in this labyrinth. Um, mm-hmm. which is super spooky. Um, the other spooky part, which I fucking love, is that your map fills out as you explore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like it was in the past with the doors. It's like the fucking layout of the map will not fill in until you actually go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super cool because, again, talking about subversion, it kind of subverts the gameplay style that you're used to at this point. Um, we get to this super sick puzzle that I really love. It's this rotating room. Um, there's like a head on this weird statue that looks like a Rubik's cube. Um, and you can kind of rotate the head on the statue and it'll actually rotate the rooms around you. Mm. Um, the puzzle is pretty easy. I think if you're on normal, um, it's just like, I think it's like left, left up or something. It's pretty simple. Um, it took me a little bit because I didn't, I, I don't think I understood what was going on until like I had fucked it up so much. And then I, then I had to like like reset and then it was pretty easy after that yeah um if you spend some time kind of like getting the lay of the land first um i think it and again it might just be because i've beaten the game before but like i feel like uh once you get the lay of the land it's uh it's not necessarily obtuse it's it's pretty intuitive Mm. i don't know i i i think so I want and I want to hear about what Isaac thought about the puzzle too here in a second because this is also his first time playing. I think out of all the puzzles in the game, this one was the least like the one that I felt like least equipped going into. Like it felt the most obtuse out of all of them. I could see it. Yeah, that I makes agree. sense. He it didn't. I feel like it didn't really. Um, yeah, there wasn't like a clue lead you on or anything. Yeah, it's just like here you go. Good luck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you get some wire cutters, um, you go through all the tunnels and stuff. There's just a bunch of enemies and items, but you can use the wire cutters to get through this door. Um, and effectively what ends up happening is you encounter Angela trapped in this room with, well, we encounter Maria first, remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oh wait, is this the, is this the room where she's in that where it's like a prison? 
yeah. where you guys yeah so you sit down across from each other and like i hate to get all like english literature interpretation here but like who's trapped who's who's on the mm. wrong side of the bars oh it's like the silence oh of the land. man yeah like she's sitting behind these bars and and james is like in like super shocked that she's, she's still alive he's also in like super horniness mode because like yeah. the, the big push here is that like i feel like it's not really implied it's pretty explicit that james is trying to get to the other side so he can like touch her yeah yeah she because because like um there's a scene like she indicates she's like i can be mary or maria whoever you want me to yeah be. she changes her voice a bunch um, too which is kind of creepy yeah and then like like this leads to this revelation that 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 he has to go to the hotel because they made a videotape um at the hotel when they were here when they were here uh three years ago um and uh he needs to go find it um destroy it but yeah maria is like do you want to touch me and james says i don't know and then maria says um Get over uh, here, big daddy. No. Yeah, essentially. Essentially, <laughs> come get me because I can't do anything with these bars. And James is like, wait there. I'm going to come and get James you. James is like, I like, have a raging erection right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then so – then, um, this I will I will I will get... make note of this real quick. This is one of the scenes in the remaster where I think they actually reworked the script a little bit, which I would argue oh, yeah. like does a disservice to the scene. Does it? I, I – I wonder if it was. I thought that the scene was very good, but I don't know if they reworked it with the with the old voice acting compared no, to the new voice no, no, acting. No, no, no. They just reworked it with the new one. And the only reason why I know okay. is because they did like a like a before the game came out that they did like an A B test where they show you the original and then they show you the remaster oh, and like they okay. yeah it's different. Okay, so I, I this was not like I I I think I I played with the. Um, the new voices earlier on in the game. I was just like, I need the old voices for this. So. Oh, you can turn it on at will. No, 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 no. Like I say, I, I oh, exited I out of the I game see. and went back in to choose the old voices. Gotcha. But yeah, so from he- I, that would be pretty cool if you. That would be fucking rad, like Master Chief Collection style, just like hit a yeah. button. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, um, we encounter Angela again. She's she's not doing well. Um, she's in. No, Daddy, please don't. Yeah, as you encounter her, she's in this room where there's these weird piston creature kind of pustules that are kind of bopping in and out, whack a mole yeah, style out of the walls. Yeah. They are like pushing in and out, and it's very like again, it's very like it's being inserted. Oh, it's very, very sexual. Like, sexual and creepy and not great. Yeah, and the creepy monster that's kind of like coming towards Angela is like this weird, like it looks like two human bodies wrapped in a bed frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name of this creature is Abstract Daddy. Oh boy, <laughs> it's pretty gross. Um, <laughs> And so, essentially, you kind of come to Angela's rescue, and um, I would argue that um, you can use the hunting rifle or the shotgun, but if you do have the chainsaw, like, holy shit, can you end this fight really fast? Because you can, like, <laughs> knock it down and then just fucking go ham. Um, but yeah, and this is sort of like Angela kind of disappears, and she's kind of a wreck. She gets out of there after you save her. Um, I believe there is some conversation here, but it's nothing too crazy. Um, and Sam, tell us about the hanged man puzzle because it comes after this. Yeah, so um, so uh, you go and you go through to do this puzzle, and there are two rooms. Um, one of them has like signs on them, and the other one has like these like bodies wrapped up and hanging from the ceiling. Um, and there's a there's a puzzle. Um, uh, 
hold on a second. Let me, let me, there's a puzzle that you have to figure out who did the crime. Um, uh, and you have to essentially pull the noose of the person that is innocent. So there's, I think, how many, but six bodies or seven I think bodies? Six. six, six, um, and they all did something except for one of the bodies and you have to figure out who did it based on the puzzle. Um, uh, and the riddle, I think, I think on, on normal. So if we we're all playing normal, I think the riddle was the, it was the arsonist was the one who was, who was innocent because, um, the sheriff framed the stranger because he didn't have any leads on who actually set the fire mm-hmm. is what I came up with. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause there's going to be like a flaming room that we encounter later mm-hmm. here a little bit later. Um, so you go into the room, you pull the, um, you pull the noose of the, the, where the arsonist is sitting and James pulls this noose very slowly and deliberately. Oh, yeah. And I kind of expected him to like put it on. Oh yeah. It's very, it almost kind of indicates like he is wanting to, yeah, James, yeah, James I, I will argue, um, and I guess we didn't really talk about this, the fact that he is so quick to stick his hand into shit and jump down and stuff. Mm-hmm. James has like little to no care for his safety. Right. right. And I don't think that's intentionally bad. I think it's intentional for the character. Like, I oh, think, yeah. I think he yeah. wants yeah, to sure. die. And, Even in the beginning, yeah. when yeah. he meet, first meets Angela, he's like, I don't care if it's dangerous. I'm going. Oh, that's right. Anyway. Yeah, he does explicitly state, like, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. Which is yeah, he just does not give a fuck about his yeah. safety at all. Mm-hmm. But, Telling uh, that's right. So so the nooses are one to one with the bodies in the other room. So you figure out who did what. Go into the room, pull that person's noose, and then you go back into the room with the bodies. And there's a key on the floor where the innocent person was that leads into the room where Maria is. Yep. Um, yeah, you use it's like a handcuff key that opens. Like yeah. there's a handcuff holding the door and the bars shut. Yeah, and and you go into this room with where Maria is, who who let's not forget was was alive earlier, um, and she's laying um, in the cell, dead and super bloody. And James kind of like mourns over her, and just all he says is like Mary. Yeah, and I'm I'm um, not sure if the room looks like Mary's hospital room or not, but it does look similar. Um, it looks similar to a room that we might be seeing later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then eventually we kind of get to the situation where there, you go into these catacombs and you see these three graves, and the three, the <laughs> third furthest grave is James's grave. Yeah. Now the other two graves are for Eddie and Angela. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, and the yeah. third grave is still undug, and you can jump into the grave. Mm-hmm. And this is where um, once you jump in, you kind of can do some wandering around, and then you end up in this Eddie boss fight in a meat locker. Oh my god! I yeah. this is probably my least favorite boss fight in this game. Oh yeah, yeah, because you kind of just have to tank it. Like, so you're a dude, yeah. you're a dude fighting another dude who has a gun. Yeah, um, and Eddie, so you can hide behind like these these meat shanks that are hanging. <laughs> um, it's like a meat locker, um, yeah. which again, like the meat is kind of like nondescript to the point where you're like, yeah, well, you're like, like, are these people? It's like a two stage battle. Yeah, because Eddie flips out about how. Um, how like he's like maybe I am fat in a waste of space, but that doesn't matter when you're dead and corpses can't laugh and I'm gonna kill anybody who makes fun of him. James is like, are you did you, are you going nuts? Yeah, are you alright, bro? He literally just says he's gonna kill anybody that makes fun of him, and then imme- immediately says something that can be construed as being made fun of him. And then yeah, um, Eddie freaks out, says um, 
James is like all the rest. And then they go into this battle in this small room, which is essentially the easiest way to do this, I thought, was to literally just stand there and take punishment yeah, while you Yeah, that's what I him. did. I just like chewed down a bunch of healing items and just kind of went ham. Yeah, is that what you did, Isaac, or what did you do with the... Because it's a, it's a phased battle, so it's in yeah. a small room, and then it moves to the big room. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you can... Not... Yeah, this know. game does yeah, not have strategy. This game is right. just kind of like, yeah. go! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the hunting rifle can kind of put him down a little quicker, but again, you do forego the speed because of the reload time. Um, so mm-hmm. I think in the small room, you might still be able to melee him. I can't remember if he's moving around very quickly. Um, but I know in the meat locker, it becomes increasingly difficult to do anything other than shoot him. And so you kind of trade bullets. Right. Like, you get shot, he gets yeah. shot, you get shot, he gets shot. You eat some health medicine. You shoot him, he shoots mm-hmm. you. And then he kind of he dies. When you go into the... You beat the first stage of the battle, and then he runs into the big meat locker, the, be- the big meat room. And this is where you, you learn that he killed... The, the someone's dog and it was a football player who used to who used to bully him and then when the football player confronted him he shot the football player in the knee and ran away and that's that's uh um the story of eddie james <laughs> the, yeah that's yeah. the story of eddie <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah you 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 kill him and then james is just like i killed a human oh, yeah. and then gets and then gets really quick really quickly over it and wonders if mary actually died three years ago yeah and then you leave the uh you leave the the prison yeah, it is notably the first time that you kill a human being in this game yeah yeah but and then yeah, uh, you leave the prison and the fog is back so i guess everything's normal again i guess or wouldn't quote normal yeah and then we are headed to toluca lake this apparent because we've been doing it so far this is the second place that you can use the blue gem apparently um after researching i clearly understand why i didn't see any of this um like i'd mentioned before this is specifically just like the later versions of the release Mm -hmm. um but yeah so anyway this is super simple you get on a boat and um it seems like a puzzle at first you can kind of get lost in the lake area Mm -hmm. Um, but if you look at the searchlight in the distance you just have to row towards it i got a, a trophy here um, for it called "Don't Keep Her Waiting," and I looked at it. So apparently, if you make it, um, if you make it to the other side, like when the cutscene picks up for you to get off of, off of the boat, mm-hmm. if you make it from the start of that to there in ninety seconds, you get that trophy. Oh, that's crazy! So I made it. I made it. Oh, in, uh, at le- at, I I looked at my uh, my stats at the end game. I think I made it in literally eighty nine seconds. Oh my god! Yeah. Apparently, the only difference with the hard mode is that when you're doing the rowing, you have to mimic rowing with the analog sticks. Oh, which fuck sounds that. fucking awful. So it sounds miserable. Yeah. Anyway, we get across the river to the Lakeview Hotel, um, which as soon as you enter the area, you can find a Little Mermaid music box near the fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, you find a fish key in the restaurant. Um, you can play the piano here to trigger a cutscene. Um, and I believe <laughs> that the cutscene is just James kind of waxing philosophical on the last time he was at the hotel. Um, well, that happens. That happens when he gets out of the boat. The cutscene in the in the bar is Laura's. Oh, that's right. You. I forgot about that. God damn it! 
Um, and then right outside of this restaurant, you find two abstract daddies, but they are far weaker than the boss, thankfully. Mm. So um, you can get room 312's key after reading a note, um, and you notice that your map circles the room and says, I'm waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cloak room you can find that gives you a bunch of goodies like ammo and health. Um, you can also use the fish key on a briefcase to get the key to room 204. Um, in 204, you can get to room 202, and uh, this is where you get an employee elevator key. Um, you can get some paint thinner in room 202, or you can use some paint thinner in room 202 that you found earlier to get a code off of a map, um, and that opens the music box for Cinderella. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed just now the, the, the code is lock by the way. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if it's different hilarious. on different <laughs> difficulty levels, but yeah, I saw that. Um, so ironic. I just noticed when I was putting the notes together for the show that Cinderella has the word cinder in it, um, which makes me think about the whole fire room significance. Mm. I don't know. Um, but you, uh, this is the part that Sam mentioned, where you have to go into this employee elevator, but it's too, uh, you're too heavy to, to use it, so you have to put all of your items on this side shelf in this hole to go down this elevator, so you have zero items down here. Yep. No health items, no guns, no no bars, no... Yeah, it sucks. You, you can't even take the picture of Mary and the letter with you. You have to put everything oh, yeah. into the It's crazy, the and you're going down. Can I... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was intentional or if this was just totally random, but on that that briefcase where you enter the code lock or whatever, um, as you're if you go to each letter, um, at first it it spells out love oh. and then lose, and then you can spell it lock. Oh wow! I don't know oh, if that wow. was intentional or if that i'm just reading too much oh no i'm sure everything in this game i I feel like it's very intentional it's all it's a very deliberate game so i can imagine that's probably important interesting that's kind of cool um but yeah you go down here there's a pantry where you can get the snow white music box but again keep in mind that you left the other two up at the top um the office down here has a videotape which you're gonna pick up Mm. and a can opener um the bar key is in the boiler room um, you can use the can opener in the kitchen to get a fucking light bulb out of a big ass can of I think it's so potatoes weird. or onions or something. Something. Yeah. Why is there? Why the fuck is it's there a light sealed bulb? shut? Yeah. I the said, factory I, I literally, put a light bulb in here. Yeah. When I when I when I when that happened, I, I just kind of looked at. it. I was like, fine, okay, sure. It's not even the weirdest thing that's happened in this game. Yeah. Right. Like you know, you couldn't have just taken a light bulb from another light but whatever. Right. But anyway, um, you go back to the music box once you uh, use the um, bar key and the light bulb to go through the side door and you get all your shit back. Um, and so you can get your mm-hmm. music box stuff to um, figure out this puzzle um, and use the stairwell key and room 312 key to access the videotape scene. Before we talk about the videotape scene, um, you can use your blue gem here to get the last spot for the UFO ending. Um, and then the game just kind of abruptly ends. Yeah, and the UFO ending's kind of funny. Harry Mason comes out and he's like, "Have you seen my daughter Heather?" And you're like, "What?" And then, <laughs> uh, or excuse me, he says, "Have you seen my daughter?" Um, I can't remember if he calls her by name. Um, and then these UFOs show up and they zap James and then they abduct James and Harry's kind of like, or uh, yeah, Harry's like helping the aliens, which is so it's a continuation of the UFO ending from the first game, <laughs> uh, which is super goofy. It's animated wow. pretty funny. The music's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was a UFO ending for the first game. Yeah, there's yeah, there's been I one in every. My, like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I did my ending research after I beat the game, and I was just like, this is insane. I love it. Yeah, it's funny, because there's a UFO ending in 3, where James and Harry come back with the UFOs. It's very funny. Um, But anyway, so there's this videotape scene, so let's camp out here for a second. What the fuck? Yeah, this is (laughs) fucking heavy. Yeah, especially so, so I was playing this on the PS2 version. So again, it was like four by three, and so it's like it's already kind of got this like creepy downscaled, derezzed look to it. But you do mm. this VHS scene where at first it starts out as like a trip video of like James and Mary like hanging out at the hotel. Um, but then as it sort of continues, like you see, uh, I keep wanting to say Heather, you see James and May, or excuse me, fuck, Mary, um, having a good time. They're kind of like hanging out. Everything's great. But then the tape starts to flicker back and forth between this trip and the hospital room that Mary was in. Um, and Mary is very sickly. Um, we discover that she's dying of some sort of disease. And James is just kind of at his wit's end at this point. Um, I guess you could assume that she's been in the hospital for a long time. And mm-hmm. James fucking grabs a pillow and smothers his wife. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's hard to make out, but it is clear that James has lunged at her with this pillow. And he's he's gone yeah. to murder And her. she's struggling a little bit to, to kind of showcase mm-hmm. the like, yes, while maybe she's very ill and wants to release she still doesn't want to die right Mm -hmm. she's conflicted and there will be a conversation that you get to hear later on yeah and i can see if i can i uh, I can see if i can find the script so we can kind of read it Mm -hmm. out loud um i don't know if one of you guys want to pull it up real quick while i go through the 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 other world hotel notes yeah i'll Um, I'll bring it up but yeah so at this point if you have the dog key um again it's kind of weird that it happens right after this poignant moment but if you have the dog key, the only way to have the dog key is if you've beaten every other ending of the game. You find a dog house <laughs> and you find this key and then use the dog key at the east end of the hotel up here to find an observatory room. And James goes out and meets the one behind it all. I guess this was uh, this is what I should have known as a child whenever I was looking for answers. These are the answers. Um, in this dog ending, James finds the secret room. And there is a dog wearing a headset, pulling levers, and watching cameras of the town, who is making all of this shit happen. And it's a little <laughs> sheep. Oh, wow. it's, it's a little Shiba Inu that looks just like Frank. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a little light. It's a little lightly toasted, uh, well toasted uh, marshmallow dog. Uh-huh. And uh, James just falls to his knees and goes, "So you were behind it." And the dog comes down and licks James in the face. And then the way that the end credits work, normally you see James's face and you see the credits. Um, during this version of the end credits, you, sh- you see a Sheba face, and it's the Silent Hill theme song done through barks from a Sheba. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's Isaac, you should pull it up. It's fucking Gosh. wonderful. Off the watch. My favorite, my favorite thing about it, too, is that the music, whenever it shows like characters, like like the characters th- during the game, and when it stops on Eddie, the dog always stops and growls at him to indicate oh my that gosh. this character had murdered a dog. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. It's the cutest little Sheba in the world. It looks just uh-huh. like Frank wearing a headset. <laughs> I gotta get a headset. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you should dress Frank up you for Halloween. Dre- Ooh. Yeah, this dog. yeah, you should just dress like James and then have Frank with you. Um, like but yeah, so your flashlight stops working permanently at this point in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you find a tape recorder in the reading room, um, which is pivotal if you want the in-water ending. Um, mm-hmm. And the tape recorder will play some sound. I don't think it's the Mary conversation. I think that happens later. No, that happens after the boss. Yeah. The boss. Um, I think it's it's the lead up to the boss, or is it, I don't think it's after mm. the boss. Is it? 
No, yeah. The, the yeah, hallway yeah. conversation is after, not the final boss, but oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. boss before that. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember what's on this tape recorder, but again, it's like some fucked up audio. Um, so I actually have that pulled up right now. It oh. is right above the hallway conversation. Um, James uh, is, is having a conversation with the doctor. James says, Mary's going to die. You must be joking. Um, the doctor says, I'm very sorry. And James says, but you're a doctor. It's your job to heal people. How can you just let her die? Doctor says, please calm down. As her doctor, I promise I'll do what I can, but there's still no effective treatment for her condition. James says, how long does she had? He says, I'm afraid I'm not sure. Three years at most, perhaps six months. It's impossible to say with certainty. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you listen to it the whole yeah. way through again, it's it's like a pivotal part of getting the in-water ending. Yeah. Um, which I still believe, I think, that the in-water ending is the canon ending for this game. Yeah. And we'll talk about it when we get into the, into the endings, but... Um, in this reading room as well is sort of the last resurrection item for the rebirth ending, which is what I got when I played through it this last time. It's the Book of Crimson Ceremony. Again, there are some lore notes about how this is like a resurrection ceremony. Um, so um, at this point, the hotel doors kind of like uh, nothing is what it seems. Um, the doors kind of take you to weird places that they shouldn't. Um, it's not really like a one-to-one ratio. So you kind of go through these doors and eventually get to this employee hallway door, which eventually will trigger you entering a burning house with Angela at the top of the stairs and talking about um, Angela very specifically here. Um, James says it's so hot, and Angela goes, it's like this for me all the time. Sort of implying that Angela kind of sees the town like this, and maybe she's just mm-hmm. covered in these flames all the time. Um, she's like, so oh, kind you can like, see that too. Do what? She just goes, oh, you can see it too. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just it's down. a very sad cutscene. Um, Angela kind of has like a heart to heart with James a little bit here. This is probably like the most open that we see, and this is kind of like the ending of her character arc before she kind of stammers out. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Um, There's also a really uh, creepy thing on the wall. Mm. Tell me more. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. It was like a painting of something, wasn't it? Well, like it a- not really. It looked like a body was covered up and with some canvas, and mm. it was it, they were like plastered to this uh, painting. Oh, and, I don't um, know if I noticed that. Did they draw attention to it? No, well, during really. the cutscene, during the cutscene, she was standing next to it, but like it yeah. wasn't like look at this thing. Yeah, so. right. Interesting. It is super creepy because like the crotch area is all bloodied. I wonder and, if that's uh, implied yeah. to be her father because she says she's here to yeah. try and find her father. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder if she finally got her revenge. It's very weird. Very weird. But yeah, when I um when I uh after that cutscene when she was walking up the stairs, I thought I had to follow her, so I kept on bumping into the fire and hurting myself <laughs> until I realized I had to turn around and, and leave. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of there's a really good, I think it's T.S. Eliot, who's got a really good quote that um, I also am reminded of when I watch the film Synecdoche, New York. Um, he says, we are all living in a house on fire. Um, mm. And kind of implies, like, I don't know, it kind of gets my mind going because it's like, dude, anytime you get a new apartment or a new house, I don't know if you guys are as morbid as I am, but I feel like I occasionally have this thought, which is like, is this the house that I'm going to die in? Mm. Like, is this going to be my last house? 
Um, and and that 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 quote in particular is very evocative because especially in um, Synecdoche, New York, there's a moment where a character buys a new home, and it's funny because her and the real estate agent acknowledge that part of the house is on fire, but they're like, "Well, it just kind of comes like this," and she's like, "Okay." And so for the remainder of the film, part of the house is on fire, and every time you go back to her, more of the house is on fire until eventually she's hmm. just like in this completely burning home. Oh man, this is fine. Yeah, this is yeah, literally the this is fine dog. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so after this, we kind of go towards this sort of the end game stretch here. Um, we enter this boss arena, um, and you can tell it's a fucking boss arena because they give you a ton of items leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you fight two pyramid heads that don't have knives; they have spears, and they move mm-hmm. much quicker. Um, and they Very can much. kill you essentially in like two hits. Um, then there's another fucking cutscene where James flips out because uh, Maria is it's Maria is alive oh, again. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and she's then they one, kill yeah, Maria she's in one again. of those like weird stretcher tables. Yeah, and James like kneels on the ground and like flips out, and then like that's the image that I have flip. for my box art. By the way, is James on the ground and then the two pyramid oh, heads impaling oh, Maria? Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I have to take a picture um, on Facebook or something. Please do, please do. Um, but yeah, he kneels down on the ground and then he's not really upset about Maria this time, but he kind of reveals he, he invented pyramid head in his mind to punish himself because he killed Mary. Yeah. He very explicitly kind mm-hmm. of says this. Yeah. The, the, and they, he invented pyramid head to punish him because he was weak, but he knows the truth and he doesn't need them anymore. And mm-hmm. now it's time to end it. And then you have this like boss battle with two pyramid heads that move very quickly. Yeah, and here's the fucked up part. Again, you can just wait it out. Mm-hmm. It's longer. Yeah, it's like 10 um, minutes, which sucks. Uh, yeah. But it's 10 minutes, and if you wait it out, they will impale themselves on their spears. And it's really fucked up. They mm-hmm. just, like, put the spear on the ground and then just, like, fucking jump onto it. Fall onto it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, but you can also kill them. The pro tip here is, like, if you're using the hunting rifle, you can only hit them once before they are on you if they are at the midpoint of the room. But if you're mm-hmm. all the way across the room from them, you can get off two shots before they are on you. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty – this is pretty intense, um, yeah. especially considering that there's going to be another boss fight right after this. It's kind of hard to conserve. Um, yeah. But once you kill them, you can inspect their bodies and you can collect these two eggs. Um, I can't remember what the difference is. I think one's like a, a one's bronze. One's a rust-colored yeah. egg and one is um, uh, scarlet. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it doesn't matter which order you put them in these doors, but you just have to put one in each door. And then it opens yeah. the doors. Um, but then this is the conversation with Mary that we hear. Yeah. Um, and it's so, just um, explicitly, I want to state real quick before you read it, that it sounds like it's a two person conversation and we only hear her side of the conversation. Yeah. Because it, uh, cause, well, cause, uh, um, almost explicitly too, uh, real quick. Um, you, if you, if you continue down this hallway while she is talking, um, I feel like the developers did this on purpose. You can't, uh, if you, it, it's not timed to where it'll end by the time you get to the end of the hallway, you have to intentionally sit and listen to it. Yeah. And listen to it. Yeah. Um, cause you can, cause you don't hear James speaking, but I think the subtitles has his, has what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, I, I th- I'm pretty sure I remember that right, but the this has his, uh, his side of the I would, if here. you don't mind for the podcast, please omit James's portion because I okay. think it's I, I think it's that. more effective without. Okay, so Mary says, "What do you want, James? Flowers? I don't want any damn flowers. Just go home already." 
Look, I'm disgusting. I don't deserve flowers. Between the disease and the drugs, I look like a monster. Well, what are you looking at? Get the hell out of here. Leave me alone already. I'm no use to anyone. I'll be dead soon anyway. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, It'll be easier if they just kill me. But I guess the hospital is making a nice profit off me. They want to keep me alive. Are you still here? I told you to go. Are you deaf? Don't come back. James, wait, please don't go. Stay with me. Don't leave me alone. I didn't mean what I said. Please, James, tell me I'll be okay. Tell me I'm not going to die. Help me. So That is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. Specifically her vocal delivery when she asks him to come back is like fucking yeah, soul crushing. I, I gave that no justice reading that. Oh, it. yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's intense. But yeah, so but if you listen to the whole thing, and again, it affects what ending you yeah. get. Yeah, you almost explicitly, so. I think, have to listen to this all the way through in order to get the in water ending. Mm-hmm. But then we have this Mary Maria boss fight. Um, I believe for two of the three endings, you have it's no matter what, it's going to be Maria. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's only for one of the endings, which might be the Maria ending, where you fight mm-hmm. Mary. Mary. Um, which makes sense. I yeah, think. and so she kind of like, when you encounter her on the, I think it's the roof of the hotel, um, it looks like it could be Mary, and then she kind of, her face will shift between Mary and Maria, and then it'll kind of lock yeah. in to your to the to the one for your boss, depending. Um, this boss fight fucking sucks, you guys. Like, I almost, <laughs> I, I almost wish that there were just no fucking boss fights in this, in this game. Like, the game, I feel it like... has the story of a very well-done indie walking simulator um, yeah. with the mechanics of a Resident Evil. And this is, to me, yeah. this is the point in which those two things cannot coexist. Because it really kind of, I get it, like, kill your darlings in order to move past your, 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 your trauma. But at the same time, it feels like it's very fucking video gamey in a way that I yeah. don't like. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I think, too. I think that this game could have existed and been just as powerful um, if the two pyramid heads were the last boss. And then you just kind of have a cutscene. Because the whole thing with, the, whole thing with like the, the thing with uh, this boss is that at the end of the boss, you have to make the actual effort of killing the the deliberate move of killing the person that you're fighting, whether it's Maria or Mary. Yeah. And they could have just jumped to that. Like they could have done like a demon souls or like a boss or something and been like, pull the trigger coward. And that would have been just as effective. You know what I mean? But instead you have to do this boss fight where the first time I played it. And I think, no, not this time, but the first time I played it, I actually died a bunch here, which to me completely fucking killed the momentum. It like halted it. Yeah. I um I managed to stay alive, but not for lack of fucking trying. Yeah, it's like rough. it's a weird boss. Like she turns into this like weird tentacle demon monster in a bed frame, kind of like the uh, the uh, abstract daddy a little bit. But like it's almost like the uh, she floats. It's around. the flesh lips where she's like floating. Yeah, flesh yeah, lips. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, like, she's when like, she like yeah transforms. It uh, ugh. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a cool design. She transforms, but, like. like yeah. yeah, so I, I think um, it's kind of then, in two like, phases, right? So, like, at first she's kind of on the ground, kind of, like, lunging at you. Um, and yeah. then I think for the second phase, when she gets to, like, half health, there's not, like, a cutscene or anything, but she starts to float and shoot shit at you. Well, she shoots yeah. bats at she you. She bats Which at makes you. no fucking sense. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, no matter how much I had this overpowered chainsaw, it was a fucking no-go to try and use it. 
Um, so I just like went, I just literally used all of the ammunition that I had in the hunting rifle and then had to switch to the shotgun. Um, and it's, it's just, it takes forever. I feel like it's the thing, the thing with the thing that I found out that I, I found about the bosses in this game is that I think that they're gen like, I, like you said, they're generally unnecessary. Um, but the, the common denominator between all of them is that they're very, they're very much, um, they are less daunting than they appear based on the cutscene you get from them because it's a lot of like kind of shifting around and not getting hit and then mm-hmm. shooting or doing something. They're very, they're very much easy, easy enough to deal with, even if they can be a little challenging. Um, this one just sucks. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of positive things I can say about this game, almost exclusively positive things I can say about this game. This boss battle is not one of them. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, it's kind of like an inverse Metal Gear. Where, like, in Metal mm-hmm. Gear, the boss fights are some of the most, like, memorable moments. Um, and in Silent Hill, I feel like the boss fights are the worst fucking moments. Yeah. yeah. Like, when half your bosses are you just running away until the timer runs out, like, you've got a problem. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they could have used they could have used the time that you spent on that doing, like, some more cool psychological shit. You know? Yeah, exactly. And if you're going to have a boss interaction, maybe make it, like, a chase sequence or something. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they use Pyramid Head very effectively in this game um, outside of the boss battles. Because, like, in the Labyrinth, it just appears. You're just wandering around, and then, oh, here it is, just wandering yeah. around. Like, oh, fuck. Like, that's great. And then, like, the scene where, like, you're running to the elevator where it kills uh, Maria for the first time. Um, and uh, there's that winding pathway that you have to get down to, like, and he's, like, right behind you on your heels the whole time. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. I don't need to stand in a room with him for five minutes and wait for a siren and then wait for him to walk away and then drain some water so I can, like, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah, we, we, we got it. We talked about it. We scratched it off the list. She's, uh, it's yeah. over. Um, yeah. And the, the music <laughs> and the moment itself are, are good. Like, the ending cutscene's great. The imagery's great. Um, let's talk about these endings. So, yeah. Sam, let's, uh, let's yes. talk about the ending that you and I both got naturally the first time that we played. Yes. Um, so I got I we got I got the leave ending, which I think is it's I think it's the easiest one to get. Yeah, it's like kind of the um, normal ending that most people will get unless they're trying to get yeah. the other one. And honestly, it's uh it's honestly the nicest ending too out of all of them. So after the battle, you you uh, again she's just on the ground and you have to she's just muttering the word like James's name and then you have to kill her. And then there's a cutscene. I don't know if this is the same in all of them or not, but um, but you get a cutscene where um, you're sitting in a room looking over Mary, and she, it's essentially the conversation she's having. He's having with her, um, asking for forgiveness, um, and then she tells him that she wanted to die, and he just admits he's like, "I did it because." Um, um, because I essentially I hated you and I wanted I wanted out of it because I want my I wanted my life back, and then Mary says, "If that were true, why do you look so sad?" Um, and then hands him a letter and says to go on with his life. And then um, the scene shifts to um, the graveyard, um, the one that you walked through at the beginning of the game, um, and you get the rest of Mary's letter. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of the game is you read the, the which is crazy the because technically it was in your inventory the entire time. Right. Um, and it's actually kind of cool um, because the more that you examine the letter, the more mm-hmm. that you are more prone to get this ending. Mm-hmm. 
and um, I've got the transcript pulled up. I don't know if that's I also okay. Cool. Too, so I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tackle this know. dramatic reading. Um, yeah. Um, but this this graveyard happens, and the 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 letter scrolls up and down the screen. You hear her reading it out loud, um, and then at the end of the letter, or close to the end of the letter, you see um, you see James and Laura walking um, through the graveyard, leaving Silent Hill. Yeah, and I don't think any of these endings end well. Because, like, and I don't mean, like, I think the endings are great. Like, they, they, they suffice. But I think they don't end well for the characters. Because I think no matter mm. what, James is clearly, like, yes, he's gotten over his guilt. But I think no matter what, he is not fit to, like, raise this child. Like, right. But anyway, so here's the letter. Did you did you get this ending too, Isaac, or what? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Very nice. Um, so here we go. In my restless dreams, I see that town, Silent Hill. You promised me you'd take me there again someday, but you never did. Well, I'm alone there now, in our special place, waiting for you. Waiting for you to come see me, but you never do. And so I wait, wrapped in my cocoon of pain and loneliness. I know I've done a terrible thing to you, something you'll never forgive me for. I wish I could change that, but I can't. I feel so pathetic and so ugly laying here, waiting for you. Every day I stare up at the cracks in the ceiling and I can think about, all I can think about is how unfair it all is. The doctor came today. He told me I could go home for a short stay. It's not that I'm getting better. It's just that this may be my last chance. I think you know what I mean. Even so, I'm glad to be coming home. I've missed you terribly. But I'm afraid, James. I'm afraid you don't really want me to come home. Whenever you come see me, I can tell how hard it is on you. I don't know if you hate me or pity me or maybe I just disgust you but I'm sorry about that. When I first learned that I was going to die, I just didn't want to accept it. I was so angry all the time, and I struck out at everyone I love most, especially you, James. That's why I understand if you do hate me, but I want to know th- I want you to know this, James. I'll always love you. Even though our life together had to end like this, I still wouldn't trade it for the world. We had some wonderful years together. Well, this letter has gone on too long, so I'll say goodbye. I told the nurse to give this to you after I'm gone. That means that as you read this, I'm already dead. I can't tell you to remember me, but I can't bear for you to forget at me. These last few years since I became ill, I'm so sorry for what I did to you, did to us. You've given me so much, and I haven't been able to return a single thing. That's why I want you to live for yourself now. Do what's best for you, James. You made me happy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm going to be real with you guys. Like, So, A, I am a little teary-eyed right now. And B, I don't know what it is, but ever since I have gotten married, anytime I watch a horror film, like I watched, dude, even fucking Alien Covenant, there are so many married couples in that movie where they can't do anything to save their spouse, and then their spouse dies. Um, Mm -hmm. I fucking cry like a baby when there's like spousal, like separation and like pain. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is, but, like, it's just, like, I don't know. It's very, like, triggering for me now, more than it's ever been. Cause, yeah, you can relate to it, and it's yeah, more... Yeah, it's rough. Meaningful. Oh, it's super rough. Um, I do like the the vocal performance um, of this that she delivers. Very much so. Yeah, Ooh. the voice actress. Towards the end, yeah. when she, like, starts crying. Yeah, Mary fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. But... She, I think, I think I watched some comparisons. Mary was good, I think, in the original and the HD collection. Oh, nice. She's like, she's like a common denominator. <laughs> Mary's the constant. 
Because <laughs> um, Laura Bailey, I, dude. I mean, not not to say that Troy Baker isn't a good voice actor. He just played it very uh, dr- melodramatic. Laura Bay. Laura Bailey is also B A E. Yeah, Laura Bailey is very, she's very <laughs> dude. Good. I still think Kaine from uh, Near is the best fucking character, female character in video games, and like Laura Bailey <laughs> kills that delivery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, the other endings um, is in water. Um, to me, this is the best ending of the game, uh, quote unquote best. I mean, obviously, none of these are great. Yeah, like it's it's it sucks, but like it's like it makes the most sense, yeah. and it's you know. So James kind of remembers why he came to Silent Hill, and that memory is that he has had Mary's body in the trunk of his car, and he fucking drives the car with him in it into the water of the lake and dies with his wife. Mm-hmm. Fucking intense, you guys. Yeah, fucking, yeah. Oof. Um, and then the bad ending, quote unquote, is if you um, make sure Maria doesn't get hurt and you check on her frequently um, and you do a couple other things, Maria and James will leave together as part of the Maria ending. This has the best goddamn ghost story ending of all of them. So they are going mm-hmm. to leave the town and they leave in his car. And as they are leaving, Maria starts coughing and James goes, mm-hmm. oh, that's a pretty bad cough. We should take care of that. Kind of implying yeah. that Maria is totally about to get sick again, oh, and James no. is totally about to go through this shit again. Mm-hmm. So good. Oof. Um, and then, and then you have the resurrection. Yeah, and so this is the one that I got on my new game plus because I wanted to see it, um, and mainly because if you get the rebirth ending, you can get the dog ending right after without getting the other two. So I was like, "Fuck mm-hmm. it, I'm going to do it." Um, this one's kind of weird because it doesn't really end necessarily it's just james rows his boat back across to luca lake and he's got mary's corpse with him and then he's kind of going to try and resurrect her and that like it just ends like that yeah it's very weird um but yeah so those are the endings and that's silent hill 2 jesus it's a lot um before we get before lot. we get into wrap-up thoughts and kind of final thoughts and 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 sign off um sam tell us about born from a wish uh yeah, born from a wish. Um, so born, born from, from a wish, a you fish. play as born from a fish. You play um you play as Maria. Um, um, and it takes place in Silent Hill, which is weird. It's weird that you play as Maria. I feel like yeah, it's the whole. It's very. It's super weird. Um, there's no there's no uh, combat, but, is there? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Um. It's uh, it takes place in Silent Hill, and you play as Maria. Um, the ending of Born from a Wish is when you meet when James meets her in the park the first time. Oh, so this is happening concurrently with um, with the beginnings of Silent Hill with, with the main game, and and this um, is like straight up a ghost story. Like, there's literally yeah, a ghost. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, you you start with Maria in Heaven's Night in that club, and you're kind of like she um, kind of like wakes up there. Like I think the implication is that Maria yeah. is just like the monsters in this town. Like she's like born yeah. because James shows up. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the title is born from a wish. I mean, that feels. I mean, yeah. it's very it's on the titular. nose. Yeah, she 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 talks about how she doesn't know if she should just let the monsters get her or fight and live, and she doesn't want to die. Um, but she, and she also wants to find somebody and doesn't like being alone. Um, and then says, I wonder if anyone's left alive, grabs a fucking revolver. Um, uh, and then you start controlling, controlling her. You explore the town a little bit. Um, and you come across this like spooky mansion. Um, 
um, and you go inside this house and you kind of explore around some spooky stuff happens. Like there's uh, like, like things slam doors slam and things. There's very much a haunted, like haunted house shit that's happening. Um, um, and she goes upstairs and she knocks on this door and, um, um, uh, because she heard the doors lock, slam and lock. Um, and eventually after she knocks on it for an obnoxiously long time, <laughs> um, this guy tells her to stop it and that, um, that, uh, um, that she's disturbing him. Um, and then, uh, he says he's very happy to be alone and says, I wonder if the town's insane or if it's the people in the town that are insane. Um, and then Maria asks him what his name, what his name is. Um, and he says, Ernest. And she, Oh my God, Ernest goes to silent Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Um, she makes an Ernest Hemingway joke and he deadpans it. Um, and says his last name is Baldwin. Um, he's like looking around at movies and then he sees like Alec Baldwin and he's like, Oh, Baldwin. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you, you kind of do some more, you do some more exploring, um, and you eventually get up to this attic. Um, um, and as you go up into the attic, a bunch of voices just start screaming, what happened? Very loudly. Um, and it spooked the shit out of me, um, when you enter the attic, um, but no one's there, obviously. Um, and then if you, um, if you explore in there, you find a birthday card and a present and you take the card. Um, and then as you're leaving the attic of a little girl's, a little girl's voice whispers, give it to my, give it to my daddy. Um, which is like very suspect and not cool. Um, so, you know, the only place you really can go is back to Ernest, um, and he admits that he's this little girl's dad, her name is Amy, um, and he says, um, that he's a fool and understands that it's too late, um, and, um, uh, he understands why she was standing there with an empty envelope when she fell, um, uh, and then he tells Maria that there's some things you can forget and some things you can you can never forget. Um, and then Maria kind of slides the letter under the door. Um, and then Ernest realizes why uh, Maria can um, can quote see him. Um, and then says there's a bottle of white liquid in the apartment next door and asks Maria to get oh, it. He the, says he it's must the have it. It's that resurrection mm-hmm. oil. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims he can't go get it himself, so Maria goes to get it, and then you, um, um, you go down the staircase and you find a nameplate that says Amy Baldwin, seven years was not enough, which is, oh god, um, and then you exit out, and you exit out, um, into Silent Hill again, um, and you find that the house is spray-painted that says keep out of Haunted Mansion, which is also very on the nose and super cool. <laughs> um... You go into the apartment, it's very, like, there's not a lot to explore, and you find the, uh, you find the liquid there, and you take it back to Ernest, and he says it's the only item he couldn't get, um, and he says by the time he found out about it, he couldn't leave the house, and then he says that the gods are here, um, and Maria knows it because she was born in this town, um, uh, and then Ernest asks her if she believes in fate, and then, and then, uh, she says not really, Ernest says that it's fine, um, Maria says, 
to open the door and Ernest says it's a dead end and that there's nothing beyond the door. And she says she knows and asks what would happen if she believed in fate. And Ernest, instead of answering that question, tells her that James is a bad man. Oh shit. Um, and yeah. And then she hesitates for a second and says, yes, I know. Um, and then he says that James is looking for the quote, you that isn't you. Um, I know that the only uh, me is me. Are you sure that the only, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then Maria asks Ernest if he knows something and he starts to say something, but then she cuts him off and says he doesn't really know anything and then barges into the room and the room is empty except for the birthday card that she found being on the table. Oh shit. Somebody Um, picked it up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she, then she leaves the mansion um, and then as she's walking down the street, she puts her gun up to her head, um, and then puts it down and chucks it over a wall. And then as she moves on, she kind of mutters James's name. Is that the revolver that Eddie it, has later? I think oh. so. Yeah. So we have a connection Interesting. There. Um, but, uh, after she mutters James's name, it cuts to black and then it plays the audio from the, from the moment they meet in the park. Wow. And that's how it ends. Yeah. So I kind of like drilled through that pretty quickly, but I got all the main beats for it. That's pretty sick. I like that a lot. I wish I would have played it. Yeah, it's very, it's very weird. Yeah, but it's, it is, it is a whole lot more like, like Silent Hill Spooky is a little bit more ghost story than, uh, than, uh, yeah, psychological. Silent Hill is. Yes. Um, awesome. Let's do a final summation. What do you guys think? How do you guys feel? Did you guys have a good time? Um, good time relatively good time (laughs) (laughs) i will say i did appreciate and enjoy the experience and i think silent hill 2 is a very good video game yeah i would very much so recommend it even if you're not super into horror games i would say this is the one to like grit your teeth through Mm -hmm. and it's it's short it's not like yeah i think i think my play time time was like my clear time, and this is me looking like at every like nook and cranny was like nine hours and thirty minutes. I yeah, think. I think my original clear time, the first time I ever played it, was like seven and a half hours. I think my clear time this time was like six forty-five or seven. Nice, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a uh, an experience. Yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> I would recommend it, and w- and you don't have to have played anything in this series to play this one. So. Yeah, I will say I. It, it's intrigued me enough to want to uh, pick up uh, the other, um, like, one and three, I guess. Yeah. Are the only ones worth playing, right? Yeah, one and three are good. I would say if you get a hankering, definitely, I would I would strongly recommend, even if you don't play one, definitely read the wiki on one mm-hmm. before you play three. Because, again, it's a fucking direct, direct sequel. Um, and I would say if you play one and three and you still are hankering for some more, four is good. Um, it is not as good as one, two, and three, but it is still good. Um, anything after four, I would not fuck with. Um, I have done, I've had the misfortune of playing, I played Homecoming all the way through, and I played part of Downpour. Um, I hear that Shattered Memories, the remake of one for the Wii is good. Uh, but I watched the game. I watched the game grumps. Game grumps. Yeah, play it, and it looks I bad. Don't know that good is yeah, the word that I'd use I, to yeah, describe. Yeah, I personally, I don't have any experience with it, but I just that's what I hear. Um, I would argue every game after the movies came out are not worth fucking with because they do mm. a really, really bad job of like 
being unsettling. The best yeah. thing, well, it's, and and then it's like we discussed too. Like they they shoehorn Pyramid Head because he's the quote mascot. Yeah, you know? I think uh, the way that I would say it is Silent Hill is this perfect, cool, eerie, creepy. It has a lot of the same vibes that like Twin Peaks has. Um, because mm. I find that it, I think it's unsettling, and I think we may have talked about it on the show. Unlike Resident Evil, I think it's very unsettling because Silent Hill is a Japanese team doing their interpretation of Western horror. And so the, mm. the creepy mm. surrealness, it's hard to define if it's there for any other reason other than we are seeing a cultural reinterpretation of another culture by a distant culture. Um, so I feel like it being a Japanese interpretation of an American town adds an extra layer of like eeriness that mm. is hard to define. Um, but it's fucking great. Like Silent Hill 1, 2, and 3, there is, n- I would argue, other than PT, there is nothing else quite like it in all of games. Um, and I would definitely urge you to try to seek these things out and play them if you're interested. Yeah, with the patches and stuff, I think the HD the HD remasters um, they're it's easy to find on Amazon, pretty cheap. Um, has two and three on it. So, Are you going to try and play uh, three? Again, I I might I want to play one first, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I need to figure out how to do that. I think it might be a PS One. Yeah, it um, is. Um, that's how I uh, I eventually. So I own a PS One hard copy, but I eventually. I think I got pretty far in the game on the PS3 using my PS1 physical disc, but I think I eventually finished it on the Vita uh, using Mm -hmm. the PS1 classic version, Um, which the save file will transfer. So if you started on a physical copy, uh, you can transfer your save to the Vita, which is cool. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, great games. I would very much so recommend Transfer. Yeah, there is a Silent Hill 3 reference that is explicitly Metal Gear. There is an area in the game that you go to where you see a man's feet sticking out from behind a wall. And if you break oh. part of the wall, you will find a silencer, which cracks me up. So I think that the feet belong to a certain solid snake. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. Uh, that was Silent Hill. This might be. Is this is our longest running? Episode? I think that by the time we do our sign-offs and everything, um, I think this might end up eclipsing our two-hour, fifty-two-minute. This might be it. This is three-ish hours, everybody. Jesus. Yep. I don't think we will do this ever again. So bask in <laughs> oh, it. No. Um, so just because we've got to run and do another recording before we all pass out, um, I just really quickly it uh, is left to me to thank our five dollar plus patrons. Um, I'm going to moving forward. I'm only exclusively going to announce new five dollar plus patrons that enter the fold, um, but we will do one roll call for the whole five dollar plus group once a season. Um, I just wanted to um, get. Well, it's not just left to you. No. 
No, correct, correct. It's left to us to thank. But um, I just wanted to let you guys know that moving forward, I know we've done this a couple times this season, but I just want to share the love. Um, so once a season, we'll do a full roll call, and then we'll call out additional $5 plus as they roll in. Um, mm. But yeah, so um, I'm going to thank Scott Fox. I'll, uh, I'll thank Matt Leninovich. <laughs> Jamie Christopher. I'm going to thank Joshua Wiley. Uh, why not? Why not thank a little bit of Brady Horn? Oh, I thought that's at home. I was like, "What a name!" Yeah, no, that's a that's some real that's if it's if it's home, that's some real bad kerning there. Uh, thanks, Jack Keating. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna thank uh, Matt Smith. How about a uh, Kira Birdman? Oh, Bran, Bran, Brandon Wright. Sound like you were starting a, a uh, yeah. there. I'm gonna you think like uh, Devin Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna and I'm I got I got I'm the lucky one on Duncan duty. Cold Duncan running on that Duncan. Yeah, this coal train runs on Duncan. <laughs> oh Sam, oh Sam, Sam Whitaker. And I'm gonna 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 thank Kyle Schulk. Shulky. 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 Y'all better hope we get popular enough to do uh, ads soon because our ad reads are going to be the fucking freshest oh, shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Me undies. Audible. I think I think the irony of being. Yeah. The irony of potentially being sponsored by Audible in the future, I think it's funny when one of our. Our host can't read. Yikes! Hey. I'm gonna make an audible. I'm gonna make an audible suggestion well, right now. I, I got the Shining well, no. on Audible a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Wonderful read. No, they're not heavily suggested. They're not paying us. I yet. know. They're this is just I'm auditioning. Oh, gotcha. Auditioning for Audible. Well, you know, you don't need to know how to read because Isaac, you can. <laughs> Excuse me. Nice. <laughs> Saying, I don't appreciate, gentlemen. I'm going to verbally shake your hands. Today was great. This is a great episode. I feel great. I'm very proud of this episode. I think we did a really good job. We uh, tackled mm-hmm. a lot of depth mm-hmm. and a lot of detail without uh, taking a century to do it. Yeah, it almost depth, took a, a century. Yeah, unlike Terminator One and Two, where the podcast went longer than the fucking movie runtime, uh, we mm-hmm. got uh, halfway. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing better, guys. Yeah, we're doing better. So tune in for our nine-hour Castlevania. <laughs> Woo! Uh, no, I'm kidding. But anyway, yeah, this is a great episode. I just want to say super, super fucking thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody who is supporting Metal Gear Mondays. You guys are fucking wonderful human beings. Can't even mm-hmm. tell you how many wonderful emails I get from everybody, how many Patreon messages that I'm seeing, fans interacting with each other in the comment section of their patron posts, um, people on Facebook. We've got 307 Facebook likes right now. Um, Twitter's mm-hmm. popping off. We've got 85 followers. Um, along those lines, I do want to make a quick, quick, quick thing that I forgot to mention earlier. Jesse Alsup. She follows us on Twitter. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal engagement. Um, she does a really good job. But she said, specifically, Silent Hill 2, this part scared the shit out of me. And she linked to a YouTube video of a situation that happens in the hotel that we not we did not talk about. Mary whispers James in uh, outside of the hall in one of the rooms. And it's very creepy. Oof. Um, Oof. But yeah, I meant to no, call that out you. sooner. But thank you, Jesse, for all of your awesome... Uh, Twitter likes and comments. Um, thank you for mentioning the show and plugging it on Twitter. Um, you guys truly make this a very special show. Um, 
I've said this before, and I will probably say it several more times as the show continues. Um, it is you guys that have urged us to continue doing something that we already love, but it's always easier to do something when people are giving you digital hugs. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And giving you digital hugs and not smothering you with a pillow. Oh, yeah. That's the key. Which is which is key. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we, we love um, you guys. If you, you, you want to... Engage with us on those social media platforms. You can you can go to facebook.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Give us a like there. Um, Twitter, at Metal Gear Monday. Um, you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Metal Gear Yeah, Mondays. we're like less than 20 bucks away from being able to hit our goal to start building a mm-hmm. website. So help us out. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we can buy Konami. I'm not gonna. I'm not letting up. This. We're gonna buy Konami. Yeah. Um. We we had somebody um, write in and ask if we still had the Amazon support link. We do not. But I will do some research this weekend to see if I can get that started back up again. I know we've got a surprising number of people that have been buying PlayStation threes to play along mm. with the show. So if you end up using Amazon for that, just keep listening. Um. It won't be on the Uzumaki episode, but it might be on the Castlevania episode. Um. I will plug mm-hmm. the link that you can go to to support us on amazon yep yep um you can also <laughs> you can also follow us on instagram at oh, metal gear mondays fucking a. talk um, about a pro instagram recommendation <laughs> sam you do an amazing job I, I uh so what i do is the week after an episode is posted um on the day that the next episode the newest episode is posted i do a little clip a little clippy clips from the week before um uh and I, it start, It was going to be originally something like really simple, um, but it, I had too much fun doing all like coming up with stupid shit to put in them. Um, and I really enjoy the Instagram, so please check those out. Um, as you are listening to this, you should be um, you should be seeing today um, a clip from the PT episode from last week. So uh, enjoy that. Yeah, and for ten dollar plus patrons, we've been posting video updates, and so I think Sam might be showing us the magic behind his editing. <laughs> um, you also get thank you, you videos the, and some other stuff. So yeah, yeah you might see the you might see the magic behind, of the editing of the episode of the clip I just spoke about. Ooh, oh, spooky. Um, but yeah, um, for as little as $2 a month, you can get every single episode as it a- exits the editing process. Um, I will straight up admit, sometimes um, I, due to life, will get episodes done like a day or two before they're supposed to go out publicly. But in this instance, Silent Hill 2, Uzumaki, two extra ops, and potentially next week's two episodes that we're recording, uh, that is a grand total of six fucking episodes, um, you will get by sometime next week. So uh, likewise, people that are listening right now, now they give us two dollars or more you will have like four new episodes to listen to by like thursday night friday night ish so that's crazy and you also get access to our patron only bonus podcast which we now almost have 10 episodes of i think we're on episode nine um yep. it is uh, probably about an hour and a half an episode and uh we talk about non-metal gear shit um and life and uh just have a lot of fun they're very fun yeah, we're not like it's it's a little less structured, and we dive we dive into tangents way more, and sometimes they turn into life affirming discussions about about serious things. Sometimes they turn into like our experience with ghosts. Um, so various <laughs> various situations. Yeah, it's pretty great. But cool. Well, that is fucking Metal Gear Mondays. Um, I am gonna be real with you. I don't know how to get to the end sign off from here. Um, I, what do you think the cheapest kind of coffin is that you can buy? Um, I I would say just throw it in a, 
in a hole, right? In a hole. Yeah. I mean, you, you can, can also use in a hole. You don't need a Well, coffin. you can use like yeah, you, you can use like Nintendo Labo to build a, oh, a yeah. What is that made out of? Is it what if they? What if they released hard, a coffin? Cardboard. A coffin labo. A coffin Lego Nintendo. A coffin labo. labo. <laughs> um, so you use the. So it's corrugated. Build it's your corrugated, own coffin. It's corrugated cardboard. So I mean, technically, mm-hmm. would you need to put that in anything? Like how? I mean, it's essentially it's made out of the same well, materials as another object, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I've always found it weird. Like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna take these objects? That you make out of corrugated cardboard and then put them into another thing made out of corrugated cardboard. It feels, it feels like cannibalism almost. Kind of, it's like feeding chicken nuggets to Redundancy. a chicken. Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, you put them in a box, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just a box. It's it's Justin Box, our good friend, <laughs> good friend of the show, Justin Box. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Hundred dollar patron, Justin Box. <laughs> Just, I'm just in a box. <laughs> Jesus. All right. What are you wearing, Justin Box? Khakis? <laughs> Sound hideous. Justin, <laughs> Justin Box works at Target. <laughs> what? I don't know why, but... Cool. Justin Wood. Justin Box works at Crate and Barrel. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's good. All right, it's just a box. Good I'm stuff. getting out of here. Bye. Just a box. Just a box.